Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters this is the show that we didn't lose our pudding <laughs> we, we still have all of our pudding we got we got our pudding every flavor you can imagine we do and we, we even brought more pudding to this show because it's suicide squad from 2016 directed by david ayer we have a, a special flavor of pudding with us tonight we have micah you know him from all the other podcasts but he doesn't have his own micah how you doing hey pudding can I be tapioca? You absolutely can. Oh, I was not about to call dibs on tapioca. No, it was, it was down on my list of puddings to call. I'll take it. I'm I'm the weirdo that likes it. That checks out. All right. That's not a northeast thing. I feel like I don't. It's it's one of them strange things that I'm into. I, don't ask me why. Suicide Squad 2016. Micah, have you seen this bad boy? I actually went to the theaters and saw it opening weekend. The theater. So you were part the of that theater. huge opening weekend. Um, yeah. Uh, so for some reason, I was like, well, all the other DC movies before this have sucked ass. Maybe this one will be good. <laughs> and by that, you mean you've never seen Man of Steel and you've never seen BVS Dawn of Martha because Ugh. those did not suck ass. Uh, well, to each their own. That's fair. Dawn of Martha has some big issues, mostly the Dawn of Martha. Yeah, that specific scene. <laughs> it's a big issue. I think I also saw this opening weekend. I don't know if I went opening night, but I was definitely there opening weekend. I'm looking at your dollars in here. Out of the $133,682,248, I see your money yeah, at the end of this like, thing. Uh, let's see, 2016, at least $9 of that is mine. Good for you guys. Contributing. That's real good. <laughs> uh, this is the first time you've seen it, right? It is the first time I've seen it. I am so sorry. I'm very curious. Full disclaimer here. I know that both of you boys watched the theatrical cut this That's time around. That's true. I watched the extended cut. The bold move for your first time. I thought it was great. Great? Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of really, really good and interesting things in it, and I understand that it's due to it being the extended cut. After looking up what was different between the two... I can understand that the theatrical cut is just a fucking scrap pile of burning feces. <laughs> the scrap pile of the feces. That's that's the worst of the worst. But the extended cut, man, I really liked it. And I was surprised by that. My problem with the, uh, the theatrical cut from what I've read is like circling back around to the pudding. If you, you know, you squeeze a pudding cup and all the good stuff comes out the top. That's what happened with the uh, the theatrical cut versus the extended cut. Just oozed out the top. Yeah, that was all it. that good stuff. <laughs> That's pretty fair. When I understand the extended cut has a lot more 
character development. Even it doesn't. It has added scenes. I was going to say just little snippets. So it has some for other than two characters. It does actually, which is <laughs> surprising. But I feel like I'm in a weird position because I'm. I think I'm the only person in the world who's going to defend this movie. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Besides, uh, 15-year-old girls who paint their faces all white and then dye just the end of their hair <laughs> and blow bubble gum. <laughs> Besides them, I'm the only one. Well, actually, after watching Fantastic Four last week, this movie is not as bad as I thought it was. Hear that? It's good. Uh-huh. Um, Brian said it's a good movie. Uh, I didn't go that far. It's not as bad as I thought it was. That's comparatively. Like- that's like getting into a car wreck and then getting out and walking into the telephone pole and comparing the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You want to figure out what this thing's about? We could talk about what this thing's about. We open on Bell Reef Penitentiary. Bad people are kept here. Bad people like Deadshot, who doesn't like the food in solitary confinement, and Harley Quinn, who sometimes gets electrocuted by herself. There will be lots of other bad guys <laughs> in the movie, but the, those are the only two who really matter. They're not. But keep going. The food's good, though. <laughs> great. The food's good. It's got Pascetti in it. It's got Pascetti. It does say that's Pascetti. Oh, God. <laughs> Ike Barinholtz yeah. is the security guard. And when I think security guards, I think Ike Barinholtz. Uh, when I think anything, I think Ike Barinholtz. Bad casting? Like, instantly? Right? I don't know. Terrible? I don't know. If, th- if this is the part you like, then we are on very different <laughs> footing right now. I love Ike Barinholtz. God damn and it. everything he's in, always. All right. No. All uh, right. No. He's, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't pin him as head guard, but I could definitely see him as a guard of a prison. He seems like he'd get up to the same antics as like porn stash and Orange is the New Black. Yes. That's pretty fair. That is a very accurate comparison. No, I, I don't think he would actually, because porn stash totally would have fucked Harley when she came on to him. He totally was yeah, giving off that vibe until he met with the Joker. Spoilers. <laughs> Damn it. I've only seen it once. Stop spoiling. <laughs> so months after the death of Superman in Dawn of Martha, Amanda Waller, played by Viola. Vi- is it Viola or Viola? Viola. Viola Davis. You could just call her Oscar winner. Oscar winner Viola Davis. Meets with some associates to discuss Task Force X. You call them associates. I call them David Harbour. David Harbour. And the guy who played Rick Flagg in Smallville. But you know she means business because the task force has an X in it. That's the giveaway. It's really hard to be secretive when you put that X in there. You know something's up. Hold on. This has got an X in it. Because X going to give it to you. That's right. Exactly right. That's written in the DC byline pretty much. Her plan is to take the most dangerous criminals in custody and form a team in case the next Superman isn't so friendly. You know, like Zod or Doomsday, which are two examples from the uh, the very universe they're in that she could have used. Waller has a whole file of her proposed recruits. Deadshot. Will Smith is really good with guns. No, like, really good. He shoots things, like, dead on. It's <laughs> kind of like what Colin Farrell does in Daredevil, but with guns. Yeah, yeah. Instead and of not a- just random shit. Instead of a bullseye, it's a dead shot. Although, speaking of random shit, one of the things that's listed in his proficiency list in his dossier that comes up on the screen is a potato cannon. I love it. That's kind of like a peanut flick into an old lady's mouth. And then she goes, Dedekins. Yeah. Daredevil style. Daredevil's not that bad, guys. Get over it. A potato it. <laughs> cannon is kind of on the same level as like uh, killing someone with an icicle, though, right? Because it's untraceable. Yeah, because potatoes melt it at ju- room temperature, well, as we all know. Like he choked <laughs> when on you a put potato. them in the oven for 350 <laughs> degrees for 20 minutes and put some butter on them. That's right. Wow, this corpse smells delicious. 
Deadshot has a daughter that he loves and wants custody of, but her mom is like, you murder people. One night, Batman comes for him while he's with his daughter, which is kind of a dirty move. Deadshot actually gets the drop on Bats, but his daughter stands in his way and says, hey, don't kill Batman. So instead, he gets arrested. Yeah, because we have a sequel. Don't do it. Will? Oh, I broke character. Damn it. Did, uh, <laughs> did Gotham in this version strike you as like 1992 Tim Burton style Gotham? Because that's what it felt like to me. Like It didn't feel like the same setting as the, the Batfleck movies. Are you suggesting that there's large statues? Yes. <laughs> like way too large of statues to be anywhere. Super gargoyle statues? I feel <laughs> uncomfortable. I feel Brian has a thing against those statues. It's it's uh it, it's a problem, really. Yeah. You should um, get help. I didn't actually notice anything at all about this Gotham. We saw an alley. That's usually Batman's uh not so much wheelhouse, his death house. <laughs> it would have been real poetic if he died in that alley. It would have. And then like somebody came out and was like, Oh no. And then the daughter became Batgirl because she's like, I watched a stranger die. This is the same, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Or if there was a, a joke in there about how Deadshot had just bought her a pearl necklace. Oh, that would have been so good. It's like, Daddy bought these. Your daddy was a hitman who definitely doesn't do anything illegal. Bought these. Well, I mean, he had that $2 million in his bank account. Sure did. Extortion. It's funny when it's done for murder reasons. <laughs> Next up, Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie used to be a psychiatrist working for Arkham Asylum, but she fell in love with what's supposed to be the Joker. We'll get to that. She helped him escape and was tortured until she went just as cuckoo bananas as the J-Man. So now they're a thing. You know how that goes. She willfully jumps into a vat of acid at Ace Chemical Plant and Joker kills Common because he was eyeing her but wouldn't cuck Joker, I guess. I don't know. I'd imagine the curtains match the drapes on the Joker. I'd imagine. <laughs> I feel like anything that That, that green fuzz down there. Can't be healthy for that region. Ah. No. Uh, yeah, well, she uh, it's weird. We'll get there at the end, but we'll talk about that, actually, I think. Do you think, uh, do you think they had to pay rights to Nickelodeon for using the same color green? That Summer Sanders cleaned up on the steel. <laughs> Pantone slime, I think, is what it's called. That's the color? <laughs> then there's like a whole chase scene with Batman and Joker and Harley, and Joker and Harley crash and into the river or ocean or lake or whatever body of water was convenient to where the chase scene was happening. But Harley can't swim, so Batman saves her, and she gets locked up. You're skipping over some fun things, because when they crash into this water and Batman dives in, Harley is all hanging out the windshield like, oh, I'm all dedicants, and then she is suddenly awake, and Batman has to, like, punch her underwater? Yeah. You ever punched anything underwater? No. It doesn't work. Oh, yeah. But, oh, right. Not it doesn't well. work. Exactly. Yeah, but you can't. You're not Batman. That's a good point. You're not wrong. But also, there's some things you don't know. Oh. That's the scotch. That's scotch. Voice. Maybe when she, she screamed underwater and we couldn't hear her, she was saying Martha. That's probably what she said oh, to piss him off. If he had heard she it, he would have skins. not punched her. He would have been like, Why did you say that? This would have been an entirely different movie. Yeah. Next up, Captain Boomerang. Jai Courtney is a real shithead of a human being, and he has boomerangs. Yep, we did it. The Flash catches That's him it. stealing some diamonds and double-crossing other thieves. The end. I'm having trouble because Brian's clearly burning through this like he doesn't give a shit about this movie. <laughs> and I don't know if this is theatrical or not. <laughs> this is theatrical. Okay. I don't know if there's like things I got that you didn't because, yeah, Jai Courtney sucks all the asses. If there was like a, a way 
that like, man, you can just douche that ass by via sucking an asshole out. Jai Courtney's sucking the asshole out wow, in that, this thing. There was a... He's giving a, a pink sock Chuck Palahniuk style to all this entire movie by just sucking assholes because he's that bad in this movie. It's just so many innuendos built into that. It's an art. Thank you. <laughs> in your endo. Nailed it. There it is. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> way to close it out. <laughs> El Diablo, played by Jay Hernandez, is a former gangbanger with pyrokinetic powers. And he turned himself in. He did. And that's very important. Yes. And I actually like the way they're presenting all these characters because it's like a baseball card almost where you see the character and then you see their name and then you see kind of their attributes and something quick about them. Yeah, like a whole dossier kind of graphic thing that right. matches the branding for the movie when it was being advertised, but nothing else about the movie. Correct. Yeah. And it works. It really works <laughs> well, in this thing. In these scenes, it works. It would have been nice if they did something similar for like the whole movie, but. But why? We know the character already. Why introduce him twice, Brian? That's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. I mean, like, what do you mean? Like uh, style and tone, but we'll get there. No, don't even. We're going to get there. You're right. <laughs> Keep going. This is great. I'm having a ball. Killer Croc. Adewale Akinyoe Agbaji. Did you write that phonetically on your paper? I did not. Good for you. I did go find some YouTube interviews so I knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> That was that was very well done. He uh, he looks like a monster, is treated like a monster, so he acts like a monster. Also, he's a cannibal. He is a cannibal, but I know in the extended cut, there's a shot of them dropping off like half a goat down into this, this sewer pit for him to eat, and he kind of like reluctantly takes it. It's like, well, shit, they're treating me like this, and I need to eat, so I'm just going to eat this thing. Yeah. Lean in, you know? Lean in. It's great. Director cameo, David Ayer's in there, too. It's great. Good for him. Getting that screen time. Right. His, his Tarantino moment or whatever. Or whatever. Enchantress. Cara Delevingne is Dr. June Moon, which is just fun to say. Try it. June Moon. June Moon's a very fun thing to say. She's an archaeologist that came across some ancient artifact that possessed her with the spirit of a 6,000-year-old witch. It happens every day. It happens most days. I'll give you that. She's way too young to be playing this role, right? Um, I don't know how old it's is like she? distractingly she's... young. She's 27 now. I just looked it up. Oh, wow. This thing came out four years ago. So, so she was 23. That's just too young. I don't buy it. Yeah, I would buy it like she's like a spelunker, but not an archaeologist. She could have took that uh that online fast track. Oh, that's true. Online archaeology degrees. That's all the exactly rage. it. <laughs> you take the brush and you start scraping off your computer screen and just hoping. They send you one of the, like, you know, you have those special gloves that whenever you use a touchscreen, you could still use it because some gloves won't let you use it. Yeah, yeah. They have archaeological brushes that have that same technology. So you can scrape dinosaur bones on your screen. Yeah. You go to this place in Indiana. It's called Jones University. Like a literal Indiana Jones, like a Henry Jones Jr. Uh, uh, I, get I love it. it. I've never loved anything more in my life. <laughs> that, that was a junior. That was, a, that was a stretch almost as bad as a. Uh, Fantastic Griffith, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI on that joke lined right up with that movie. There you go. Yeah. Amanda Waller has this ancient witch lady's heart in a briefcase, so obviously nothing can go wrong there. There's your Tarantino moment again. It's like when they open up the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, yeah, and it's all yeah. gold, and yeah. some people say there's a heart in there. Kalima. I'm pretty sure. It, don't bring that movie up. <laughs> That's the worst of the indie flicks. You know that. You know I don't know that. 
Temple of Doom sucks. I mean, it's no Crystal Skull, but come on. I will fight you physically. <laughs> I, why is why does Crystal Skull get shit on all the time? Because I don't know, Shia I LaBeouf. It. Oh, let's call him Mud. Let's call him his real name. His birth <laughs> Fuck that part. I agree. <laughs> David Ayer worked with Shia LaBeouf just before he did Suicide Squad and Fury. Yeah, he wanted and to. And Shia LaBeouf was great in that. He wanted to put him in this movie, but Warner Brothers was like, mm, no, we're good. Finally, Colonel Rick Flagg. Joel Kinnaman is a West Point graduate and Army Special Forces colonel chosen to lead this ragtag group of misfits. He just so happens to be in love with Dr. June Moon and will do whatever Waller says. He's the character I don't buy the most in this entire thing. Really? Really, really. He's more of a jarhead than he is what Rick Flagg is in the comics. His entire character is a MacGuffin. For the most part. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. This entire movie's a MacGuffin I was, on itself. That's kind of where I was leaning. Was <laughs> everything that happens in this movie is in hey, one what's way, the shape, purpose of this scene? Oh, it's a MacGuffin scene to get to the next scene. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've gone through all of Amanda Waller's files, we go to the Pentagon, where Waller and the Stranger Things cop present their Task Force X to the government bigwigs. They're not very impressed until Waller's like, "Dr. June Moon, get up here and transform into the Enchantress and." She goes and instantly retrieves some documents that the government's been like, oh, we can't get these. So, you know, then Amanda Waller stabs her heart and the Enchantress turns back into June Moon. And they're basically like, yeah, I can't see any way this could get out of hand. I bought it. I completely bought it. I thought that my direct note was, that's pretty cool that what they're going to do in order to get these villains under their control is to have somebody controlling them. Yeah. I bought it. Sure. I love the transformation from... June Moon to Enchantress. I thought that was such a badass thing. So Waller and Rick Flagg head to Bell Reeve to assemble their team. Do you want to know what bothered me about Bell Reeve? What, what bothered you? The fact that they keep saying it's a swamp in Louisiana. And there's a DC character who lives in a swamp in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. World like, building, Dave. Exclusively. World building. That's where he is. No. You got so many characters in this thing, why not even just do a wink ding instead of just saying a swamp in Louisiana? Is that, uh, is that by you, Billy? That's it. <laughs> Bayou Billy. Everybody knows. And he got blown up in his experiment, and now he's the Swamp Thing. Bayou Billy. Checks out. I felt like that was the wink ding. Just by saying the location? Yeah. A swamp? That's not a- They could have called it a bog. They could have called it a marsh. They called it a swamp oh, come on purpose. On. Come on. Come on. <laughs> You're on Tim's story levels of dumb right now Wetlands? Stop it. You're just him in geography. How hot and bothered would you have gotten if they said, we need to go to this prison. It's at this swamp thing. <laughs> I would have been very much more bothered. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith has a standoff with that one guard that was a dick to him earlier. You know, Ike Barinholtz. And he shoots a bunch of guns. It's a scene. It is a scene. He likes shooting the guns. He's real good at shooting the guns. Fine. He does a real good job of shooting those guns. In her sleep. June Moon summons Enchantress, who teleports to Waller's digs, finds a second totem, releases her brother, and goes back home like nothing happened. Her brother then kills, like, a whole uh. bunch of people in the subway in Midway City, which I guess is the DC Universe's New York? Or is that Metropolis? Oh, wait, Gotham? Let's figure this thing out, because your tone right now, you're so negative. I know your, your synopsis here. I know how you write these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not giving a shit about this movie. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Mostly because this movie's not giving a shit about this movie. But oh. you're not giving a shit about this movie. I'm sorry. I'm crushing it right now. Oh, boy. I wrote this synopsis the same way I wrote every other synopsis. Nope. 
Nope, nope. Because, all right, so the cool thing about Enchantress is that you have this built-in trust with her where we have one of our people on the inside literally with Enchantress because she says it, turns into it. It's a whole Billy Batson situation. But when you finally have that character turn and you realize that, no, that's not the case at all. She could turn into Enchantress any fucking time she wants. That is a game changer right there. And the fact that she knows Amanda Waller, she knows that she's got some shit in, in her place. She can take it. She takes her brother out of there. It, it makes it a whole wild card situation. We're going to use that term a lot. Yes. Wild cards. What you should always build your plot on. The uh, the whole brother-sister relationship, like, that just made me uncomfortable. Like, I felt like I was on the internet looking at stuff that I should not be looking at. <laughs> What was weird about it? She brought him back to life. They didn't act. They didn't see anyone fucking on screen. It doesn't like that's nothing weird going on here. But like they were all up in each other's faces and like she's like caressing him. And 6,000 years ago, that's what brothers and sisters did because there were four people on the planet. Well, can't argue with that. I did not go to Jones University to learn any of this stuff. All right. So pulling it all from my brain. I wanted to straighten out this whole Midway City thing, because they're on a subway. It looks like New York. I wanted to find out what the hell is going on with DC's world map. Okay. So I dug into it. Oh, boy. Here we go. And I found the DC Atlas that was released in 1990, officially licensed, written by Paul Kupperberg, who was editor at DC for years. This hasn't been updated since 1990, obviously, because that's when this book came out, and it's not the internet. You can't just update the books. You can. They're called another edition, yeah, but that's fine. Editions Go on. Fine. But DC has been kind of coy with their locations for whatever reason. But according to this 1990 map, Midway City is actually in Michigan. It's, uh, it's northeast of Detroit, right on Lake Huron. Which seems like a your natural metropolis center, I guess. Metropolis, by the way, is in Delaware, right around Dover. Who knew? And Gotham is apparently in New Jersey. It's Bayonne, isn't it? South Jersey. Oh, that's different. Yeah, right across the Delaware from Metropolis. Okay, that's Camden. That's really dangerous. This all checks nope, out. Nope, not Camden. Farther south. Millville? Home of Mike Trout? Um, yeah, around the Millville area, south of Millville. Uh, not you don't get down to the Horn with like Wildwood and Cape May, but just along the Delaware, That's right Steve there. That's Steve Buscemi territory down there. You stay out of there. Yeah, and then on the Board other side Empire. in Delaware, over by Dover, is where Metropolis is. Well, Delaware is notoriously very dangerous, as we all know. Not as dangerous as Gotham. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? The more you know. Now we know the the geography. Great, we're Detroit. Let's just we're in Detroit. We're fine. Yeah, sure. So our brother kills a whole bunch of people in the subway. But hey, we have a plan for exactly this kind of scenario. Literally set up a scene prior. Convenient. Waller moves <sighs> to activate Task Force X. The villains are brought out of their cells, injected with nanite bombs in their necks, and told they have to go to Midway City to retrieve a mark. Which prompts Will Smith to say, what are we, some kind of hot tub time machine? Yep, uh, 49 minutes in, and he says hot tub time machine. I clocked it as well. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> what you, you named the movie. Good for you. Also, they're joined by Slipknot, who was never, we never got a briefing about him. So we introduced every character except this guy. Think he's going to make it to the end? No way. No, no possible way. And then Katana pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, on well. the way to Midway City. She jumps on the helicopter with him because the movie desperately needed another character. Right. Uh, to be fair, they were one race shy of a community college brochure cover. So, well, didn't get there. 
Jones University. We're not going to make it this year. Well, they did make it because they had Katana. She made it. Yeah, well, barely. And she's there to protect Flag, I guess? Yes. I think it's a personal bodyguard slash weapon. Yeah, like there was a comment made that she's on his side. Like she's on Waller's side, essentially. Right. Joker finds out about Harley's situation, threatens slash seduces slash tortures that one shitty guard until he finds out the plan and goes to the company that makes the nanite bombs and blackmails the head scientist guy into helping him. Perfect. All checks out. Very Joker-like for being the worst Joker that there is. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that you agree. No, he's terrible. uh, Let me ask you guys this, because we've gone through so many Jokers now and so many different versions of the same character, and everyone has brought something different to the character. Mm -hmm. What makes a good Joker? Not Jared Leto. That's not an answer. (laughs) It's also not a wrong answer. Correct. But what makes a good Joker? Because I think I really pinpointed what Jared Leto did very badly in this movie. I think Jared Leto's issue was he was trying too hard to imitate Heath Ledger, but make it more comical. I don't think that's wrong. I think his craziness seemed inauthentic. I think he was... Uh, I also don't think that's wrong. He was too methodical and predictable. You're more on the lines of where I was going with it, because this Joker doesn't have an off switch. And the off switch, I think, is the most important part to the character Joker, where you start seeing him act a little bit normal, and you're kind of waiting for him to snap. Mm. And you don't know where it's going to come from. I think that's the truly terrifying thing about Joker. And also, just the fact that makeup gave you these silver teeth, don't show them all the time for no fucking reason. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Guys, I got a Close grill. Close your mouth, Jared. Guys, I got Close a grill. Them. Hey, did you forget? I have a grill. Oh, man. It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy he's barely in this movie. And the tattoos. Ugh. They're not They're not as distracting as everyone made them out to be. They really are not. I think the hair was worse because the hair is a bad dye job. It's not even like it's a noticeable dye job because Heath Ledger's is a, a noticeable dye job. Mm-hmm. This is just, ugh. It's, it's so, so bright. neon. Like, my favorite thing about this Joker was the people that come in with him when he was trying to steal the the nanite stuff, like the mask that they were wearing, like you barely got to see them, but they had some of the most comical and like off the wall looking mask. And I'm like, give me more of that. I love I agree. the panda guy and the Walmart <laughs> yeah. Batman mask. Yeah. <laughs> There's a spot later. It's in the extended version. I'll get there. That's the only part that made me say, I get this Joker now, but we'll get there. Incubus, which is Enchantress's brother, Gives her more power after Waller stabs the shit out of her heart. Right. He says, pretty much after the whole heart thing, he says, take the wheel and drive. But like, gives her all the power. If that was a thing he could do, shouldn't he have given her some power to begin with anyway? Well, the whole time, he's more like, Enchantress' whole thing is like, I wish you were here, brother. And then becomes a thing. He's finally there. Now they have the joint power. You don't, you never listened to Incubus, did you? The band. I didn't realize that this was based on uh, an Incubus song. Those two references were, and I know when things don't land, and it's that. It's those two. <laughs> I appreciated them. I feel like those jokes landed about a crow left of the murder. It's too late. We've gone too far. With the soundtrack that this movie's already displayed, Incubus jokes don't land that well, though. The soundtrack to this movie that's trying to be Guardians, but not having songs that actually fit the scenarios? That. <laughs> that. It's just a lot of great songs 
put into a movie. Yep. <laughs> That's all it yep. is. They're like, hey, yeah, great song. We know how it's done. We just get a good bunch of good songs, throw them in the movie wherever. It's not think, how James uh, Gunn does it. Slim Shady. You didn't think Slim Shady landed appropriately for them getting dressed? Uh, it would have landed better if it didn't come right after Rolling Stones. Ah. <laughs> uh. The festival lineup I never knew I wanted. So the Enchantress builds some kind of humanity-destroying machine, which they're never really specific about what it is or what it does, but it's a humanity-destroying machine. We see it later. Yeah, we see it, but we still... I mean, it, oh, it's a lightning Who bolt cares? to the sky. The mystery, the mystery of whatever she's building with all this power that she has, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, but it might as well be... I like be... keeping the mystery of it. Do you want people to spell it out for you Marvel style? Is that what you want? No, I'm just saying it might as well have been Burt Kreischer because they just call it The Machine. It is, well, it is Burt Kreischer. The shirt's off and everything. But <laughs> what do you want here? Do you? Because I feel like, are you annoyed at this movie that they're not giving you answers? I'm annoyed that they are copping out by just going, we're going to build a machine that destroys humanity. Now you guys got to fix it. That's the mystery of this whole thing. She starts building whatever, and it's spinning in the sky and all this stuff, and we have no idea what it's going to do. It's not like Man of Steel, he says, we're going to build another fucking Krypton right here on Earth. This is a mystery. That's kind of cool. Uh, I thought it was so unique that we actually don't know the threat that they're going up against. That's a good thing in my mind. Except the fact that she literally had a line that said that the humans- Kill all humans. The humans humans. don't- worship us anymore they worship machines but then she turns around and starts building a machine yeah because she says she's going to kill them with the thing that they worship that's kind of just a slap in the face oh i missed that line that, that must have been an extended cut line <laughs> no i really liked it deal with it she also starts building an army of bubbly headed minion mutant guys and they shoot down the suicide squad helicopter everybody's fine though but now they have to walk everyone should be dead Everybody should be dead. This mission should be over at this point. Sometimes when you shoot a helicopter out of the sky, uh, everybody's fine. The airbags went off in the helicopter that crashed to the ground. (laughs) Oh, boy. So Captain Boomerang convinces Slipknot that the nanite bombs are bullshit and they should make a run for it. And of course, Slipknot does and promptly has his head blown off by Rick Flagg. But it's okay because we never really cared about the character anyway. This is the Expendables 4 and he's the only star of it. We know that. Everybody remembers Adam Beach from He's the best. all those movies he was in. Then there's a bunch of those mutated henchmen, guys, and we have a big fight. We do, and I'm going to step in for a hot second because okay. there is stuff that happens before this. Extended cut stuff. Ooh, Like yeah. the real fans. <laughs> Hit me with that extended cut. Dude, there's two things. First, on the helicopter, there's a whole conversation about what they're going into and how Deadshot asks, like, what are we doing? What's the, what's the plan here? And obviously, they're not telling what the whole plan is. Captain Boomerang looks over at Killer Croc and says, hey, you're looking a little green. And Killer Croc throws up on the helicopter yeah. from flying. And it's actually a very great little moment. <laughs> then, while they're doing this whole walk through the streets thing, this happens a lot. This is warrior style walking through the streets and talking. Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang are going up to all the members of the Suicide Squad saying, hey, we can make a run for it right now, and we can do this, we can do that. And they're actually like bonding over how they're they could escape. They're all scheming on how they can get away. It's great. And they could take out Rick, and they could take out Katana, and they can make their way out. It's the best. I think that's so good, because you actually start to see all these characters starting to bond over Some how kind the of hell can we get out of camaraderie. here. It's something to... Exactly, and it's totally away from the mission at hand. This is what villains would do. They would say... Fuck the system. 
let's try to figure out a way out of this thing. Let's do what villains do. Yeah. So anyway, they're fighting these mutated henchmen guys. And, you know, Rick Flag and Deadshot are still in a dick measuring contest. And basically Diablo's like, I don't want any part of this. I'm just going to hang back. You guys fight. It's all good. But he has reason. He we does. We don't know what that reason is. We don't is. know what and the reason really is. that's really nice. But he has a reason. He's like, I don't want to fight. Okay. The thing that I found most impressive about this fight scene, I, I realize I can't save this stuff till the end to defend this movie. The thing that I found most impressive was that you get character development during a fight scene. That is so difficult That's to rare. do in a movie because a lot of the time you just get a, an old beat em up and then uh, occasionally get a Martha. Why did you say that name? That's a rarity too. But <laughs> here, every single character gets to kind of strut their stuff and show who they are on the inside here. And it's kind of nice because, yeah, you get Diablo who doesn't want to fight and we don't know why. It's not explained mm-hmm. and it's for a good reason. We're not there yet. That's what the character development is. You get Harley, who's kind of just enjoying watching the chaos. You get Deadshot, who has these moments of being a hero. Yeah, and he he does some serious work. And you get Captain Boomerang, who's just a dickhead, all around sucking the asses from the sky. But you get character development in a fight scene, and that is so hard to pull off. Right, you get uh, Harley Quinn not wanting to rescue Rick Flagg, and then Deadshot being like, no, you got to, or we're all going to die. And so she's like, all right, and she saves him. Right, she's opportunistic. Yeah. But she also has her own little plan going on. But that's okay. Right. She keeps getting text messages from the J-Man. He's coming. He is. So they get to the building, and they're ambushed by a whole lot more of these minions. But Deadshot finally goads Diablo into using his powers, and he takes them all out with big old fireball. Yeah, he does it Phil Jackson style. Triangle offense, bitch. Or defense? I don't know how Phil Jackson did it. It's Triangles, bitch. Sport. <laughs> but I like how he goads him into it. Yeah. And Diablo answers the call, and he lights these mofos up. He sure does. Uh, and everybody's like, man, that would have been a lot easier if you had done that the last time we fought him. Yeah, but he doesn't want to fight. But he doesn't want to. It's great. And, you know, all these supervillains are somehow very understanding of that, except for when they really need him. There's a scene that happens before this. This is proper extended cut. I know that for a fact. It's a full scene added with Harley and a motorcycle chasing down Joker. Did oh. you see this at all? No. No. Okay. So Harley gets side by side. She's still Harley and Quinn at this point, whatever her name is. And she catches Joker. Joker's just like, ah, oh, fuck. He's in his Lamborghini that we, we see. And mm-hmm. she slides this bike and she kind of surfs on the bike as it slides on its side. It's awesome. And when she gets out or when he gets out of the car, he's just like, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, what, what are we doing? And she says, like, I've done everything you've asked me to do. Why don't you love me? Trying to really get in Joker's head, if you will. Eventually, she pulls a gun on Joker and puts it to his head. And he says, pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. And she says, you're afraid of a heart, but not a gun to your head. And that line lands. Because you even see in the Joker's face, like, yes, that's exactly what it is. But there's also another scene before that. That scene ends, who, who gives a damn? But there's another scene before that where they're walking through the streets again, because this is what they do. This is after the first fight, before the second fight, because there's only two fights in this whole movie eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> Harley Quinn says, I'm bored. And to me, I found that so interesting because then she starts talking to Katana. And she tries to dissect Katana because she is a doctor when it comes down to it. Right. A psychologist. And she's trying to break her down. She says all this stuff about how, why she's doing it, how she misses her husband. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, and then you, you're just hiding behind a mask because you're afraid. And Katana stops and takes off the mask, looks her dead in the eyes, says, I'm not afraid. 
It was beautiful. It was so well done. Warner Brothers really sucked the dick on this one by cutting this stuff out. <laughs> Sucking the ass like boomerang. Exactly. But yeah, as you said, Flag's going to get caught. They have to fight to get Flag free. It's capture Flag. Capture the Flag. Yeah, they play capture the Flag. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they rin- they reach their destination, and it turns out the mark was Amanda Waller all along. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> she goes and shoots her employees dead since they know too much. Yep. You know, the good guy in this in this movie. She put together a squad of villains. Yeah. Is she the good guy? Who gives a damn? She's a badass nonetheless. She's a badass, but I would not categorize her as a good guy. Isn't that nice in a movie about villains? Yeah. It's interesting. How, you know, she's supposed to be the good guy, but she's actually like the worst one of the whole bunch. Sure is. Yeah, but my problem with her, and it may just be... What's her name? Viola Davis. It may be just the way that she interpreted the character, but she showed like, I didn't feel like she showed any fucking emotion. Good. Like, I don't think she can. She's shooting these people that she's been working with and she's just like, pow, pow. All right, let's roll. Come on now. Like get angry, get mad, get sad. I something. think her whole thing is self-preservation. And she even shows it in the next scene where they get to the roof and on the helicopter, she gets in and says, I'll send another one for you. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about anyone else but herself. Yeah. Yeah, that, that checks out, actually. So the entire team heads to the roof for extraction. But the helicopter that's supposed to be picking them up has been hijacked by the Joker. Whoopsie! So he shoots all at all of them with his golden gun. And, you know, he deactivates Harley's neck bomb because he's got the scientist doctor guy. And then she gets to the chopper! Yeah. Waller orders her men to shoot down the helicopter. And they do. Harley falls out and lands on a rooftop. But Joker was still on board when it went down. Was the dead shot thing not there? Uh, the dead shot thing was there. She's like, fire, take, take That's a shot. That's super important, and, though. Yeah. It's super important. Don't skip the important stuff. I mean, this movie needs all the help it can get. I don't think it does. I think it does. I think so even with the important Waller stuff, Waller says, take him down. I'll let you see. She tells Deadshot, I'll let you see your kid. Right. I'll let you out of prison. And Deadshot aims the gun at Harley, who's gotten to know throughout this movie, fires, says, Oops, I missed. Missed. How do you not think that's important? That's called character development, Brian. Yeah, I mean... You get enough character development in those two. Anybody else, I would have been interested, but I already know what these two this characters are. This isn't about are. Harley, though. This is about Deadshot. I know, and I think Deadshot is Deadshot's also... Motivations. Yeah, yeah, This was his moment, in fact. This is where you... <sighs> this was not his... His to... moment is still coming. No, I think... Well, it is, and Zack Snyder told us so. But <laughs> his moment here, he he's telling us here that he still has certain principles he has to live by. How he's not all that bad. He's not going to kill this girl. Just she doesn't deserve it here. This is well, one of the most important. He also made the things. comment that he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill women or kids. Right. He does do that, but that I don't think that's the case here at all. This was a hired mark, and he chose to miss. A guy who doesn't miss chooses to miss, and you skip right over it. Yeah, I mean, like I know it's an important part of the movie, but it's a long movie with a lot of important parts, and I can't get all of them. I mean, you don't get oh, mad when I boy. miss parts of the Fantastic Four. You're just upset because you like this movie for some reason. No one gets mad when you miss parts of the Fantastic exactly. Four. Exactly. I all wish that I'm the synopsis say, for that was five minutes long. Ninety-eight <laughs> percent of people won't get mad when I miss a part of the Suicide Squad, but you're in the two percent. So let me be, man. And you can be, and you're bringing up the parts that I'm skipping, and that's fine. Listen, here's the thing: is that when me. And all the other 15-year-old girls have our party at Hot Topic. <laughs> You're not invited. Aw, man. Get your System of Down shirt somewhere else, you son of a bitch. <sighs> if you're wearing those shorts, I'm, I'm coming, I'm going to be wearing those shorts, <laughs> and I am 
Eastern European descent, the hairy legs will be out. Oh, Enjoy. I will be hanging out at Claire's across the mall hallway watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the Piercing Pagoda just checking out Dave's legs. Nomin on a Cinnabon. It'll be great. <laughs> How many ends do you need for your pudding for your bill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So somewhere in there, all those mutated, bubbly-headed mutant guys kidnap Waller and bring her to the Enchantress, where she gains all of Waller's knowledge, and also she gets her heart back. Yeah, and she looks terrible. She, uh, like, to make this the final form, you should make it look more uh, intimidating than the other versions we've seen so far. They said pretty much, you got a real nice face, and you got a real nice, like, collarbone region. So we're going to keep that. But everything else is enchantress. Let's just put you in a bathing suit and put some some weird flowy CGI it's around you. and It's bad, in fact. Call it a day. And the dancing. The dancing drives me absolutely bananas. I didn't take it as dancing so much as like involuntary motions for whatever. Okay. Still. That's nothing. I disliked it. Harley rejoins the squad when they come across her on their path. Deadshot finds Waller's case file and learns the truth about their mission. And Harley is so vulnerable here. Well, yeah, because she thinks Puddin's dead. She thinks Puddin's dead, but then she has to put on a brave face as she's posing on this car as they come out of the building. She says, ah, hey guys, I'm back. And every single one of them knows that Harley is putting on an act because she's dying inside. Yeah. That is a beautiful moment in this movie. You can call it that. I am. It's a good moment. I thought moment. this landed. Man, I think Beautiful. the theatrical version really fucked with you guys. And that hurts. There are so many good parts that extended. Keep going. Let's just get through this thing. <laughs> the theatrical version. Deadshot finds Waller's case file and learns the truth about their mission. He demands an explanation from Flag, who admits that three days earlier, he and June Moon went underground together to set something up uh, with, a, with a bomb that had a two-second timer because she can teleport out of there. But when she morphed right. into Enchantress... Don't give her any time. <laughs> exactly. Two seconds, even for telekinesis, Kyle, is <laughs> ballsy. <laughs> right? It's like, hit that button, get out. You have no other time. But sh- when she morphs into Enchantress, she just abandons them. Because they don't realize that it's her brother upstairs causing all the havoc. Also, they waited three days to get Waller out. There's like no sense of urgency with this whole mission. Fuck Waller at this point. Oh, yeah, I agree. Fuck Waller. Waller, I mean, but they don't know that she's the mark. Right. Uh, did you get that whole scene with Deadshot and Rick Flag as they're walking? And Rick Flag kind of leans in and says, like, listen, all these guys kind of respect you. And you seem to be like a, a relatively normal guy. Let's talk and figure this thing out. No. Oh, that's a biggie. Rick Flag kind of lowers himself to their level to talk to just Deadshot, because obviously Deadshot is the lead of this group. Of course. It's Will Smith. And it's beautiful, and it makes the whole bar scene land. Speaking of which, the squad ditches Flag as Deadshot heads into the bar to get a drink. Hey, realizes we're all fucked. Drink up, Buttercup. Let's do it. Dave. Brian. We used to do a thing uh, that when somebody ordered a drink, we would have to drink that drink. Oh, sweet Jesus, we did. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got? Well, Croc orders a beer. Yeah, I got a beer. We're good. Katana orders a whiskey. I already drank it. We're good. And Deadshot does a shot. Uh, we're doing this, huh? Yep. All right. <laughs> My, I, got, 
I this is a rarity because the quarantine times. I don't have any any <sighs> bourbon, so I'm drinking scotch. I got the Lagavulin 11, the Offerman edition. Thank God, so, uh, we already did the whiskey and the beer. <laughs> right. I will gladly join Deadshot for this movie. I uh, I Deadshot actually I have some Jameson here, so that is what I'm going to be doing a shot of. What do you think Deadshot drinks? It looked like she just poured it from the same whiskey bottle as. So it's Jack. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what she poured. What bartender Harley Quinn poured. Right. That was an extended scene, so I didn't really. Oh. When everybody orders their drinks. Not important. It just kind of set the tone a little bit because when Deadshot ordered it, he's holding up his shot glass saying, what, am I a baby? Because he wants more. I'm not 12. And Katana goes to the far side. Exactly. Uh, This scene is is brilliant. All around. (laughs) I think this is where... It's one of those things of when you have a character arc at some point, you have this many characters, it's got to connect somewhere. Yeah, you have and to have that moment here we where are. they come together. Exactly. And the scum and villainy cantina here. That's pretty much what it is, where you have all these villains coming together and they're discussing and they're, they're all set up in a very strategic way, where Killer Croc is still off to the back, yep. doing his own thing, drinking his beer. Deadshot's front and center. Harley Quinn is bartending because she needs that attention. Katana, still watching over, but she's in the back. Captain Boomerang, he's there, and he's just drinking his beers, and he's still being a shit sucker. Just sucking shit. It reminded me a whole lot of the uh, the scene from the Avengers, the post credit scene where they were all like in the cafe or Shwar- whatever. Oh, yeah, shawarma scene. Yeah, yeah, that's what it, it reminded me of, how they all were kind of sitting around with each other, just kind of hanging out. It's almost shot for shot that, but Will Smith's beard is is real, unlike Chris Evans' beard in that. Chris Evans' beard was real, but he wasn't supposed to have one, so he was covering it That's, up. So he covered it up. You're <laughs> right. I, I backwards did. I appreciate how all these characters are starting to unload. Yeah. Their humanity is showing through, and it is a really nice touch how they do it in a bar. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, And it's like we've seen some humanity from Harley and from Deadshot, but now we're really seeing it from the other characters, too. I think Diablo's most interesting character in this movie. Uh, Diablo is is fascinating. This is the scene where he reveals that he used to have a family, but his wife found out about his life as a gangster, and he went off in a fit of rage and accidentally burnt his whole house down with his wife and kids inside. From now on, whenever anyone ever says, DC, you know, the dark ones? What's that material that's the blackest of black, the oh, darkest of dark? Vanta black. That. That's Diablo and his backstory here. Yeah. There is nothing darker than that. It's it's a it's a rough rough story there. He's got, but it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, it it checks out to why he doesn't want to fight. Why he's like, ah, I'm I'm done with all this. He lost a lot. He lost everything. You could say everything is a lot. You could. A lot in it makes it sound like there's stuff left. Sure, everything. We'll go with everything. <laughs> I mean, he's still alive. You're not wrong. You would think His that's tattoos a thing. are still definitely tattoos. He's got They're them tats. For sure. Painted on every day when he shows up to set. It takes a long time. Yeah, If he went on Ink Master as a human canvas, they would look at him and go, where? Where? <laughs> where? <laughs> and then Dave Navarro's like, got to figure it out or else you're going to have to close shop. But Them's the rules. So Deadshot's like, yeah, we're all pawns in Waller's plan. We're all expendable, blah, blah, blah. Flag comes in and he's like, you know what, guys? You can all leave if you want. And he breaks the detonator. And of course, shit sucker McGee runs out the door, which is actually very funny. It's very good. He gives Deadshot letters from his daughter showing that she'd written him every single day. And he's pissed, but he's also like, this is going to give him the motivation to continue the mission and lead the rest of the squad. 
Some would call this great leadership. Yeah. Yeah, you would. He lowers himself to their level instead of trying to make them rise to his militaristic level. Right. It's perfect. Instead of being a tight ass, he's like, all right, I'm going to level with loose these Loose ass. Got to go loose ass here. He is, I'm going to have a ball with myself and I'm going to go to Taco Bell, but then right after I leave Taco Bell, I'm going to White Castle. That is a dangerous evening. Yeah, that is a Rick flag. That's more dangerous than anything that happens in this movie. I mostly agree. You're right. You're going to dehydrate yourself from the amount of shit that goes out of you. But that's a Rick flag. Calling it. That sounds like a uh, a Bink Ruth more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Street Pizza. Not the not the leadership thing. The the eating two shitty things and then going home and blowing yeah, yeah, yeah. up. He's got he's got some new books from Amazon that he wants to read, and he knows that that's where he's going to be able to have the time to read them. I get it. Crave case and a grande meal. It's a recipe for disaster. That sounds like a tale of two cities to me. A tale of two shitties. At oh that, god. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you just sit in the sh- sit in the sit in the tub with a shower on, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I'm so like disappointed. I just went off the backboard, and you went, Kobe. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because there's a helicopter crash in this movie. I'm saying that because I gave you a layup. <laughs> you did. You did. You set it up, and I I just hit it out of the park. Right, and then you Harlem Globetrottered it right back off that backboard, and I just slammed it through (laughs) without you knowing it, of course. Right. But still, count it. So the plan is to plant a bomb beneath the station to take out Incubus and Hoobastank and the rest of... No? Okay. They're crawling in the dark, (laughs) looking for the answer. They're going to plant the bomb beneath the station to take out Incubus so that the rest of the squad can get close enough to Enchantress. Croc joins Flag's men to head into the sewers, because he's got to have something to do in this movie. Yeah, he's garbage, and he looks like garbage, and he's useless. And I think oh he boy. has eight lines in the whole movie. Yeah, and uh, that walk, that walk that he does. Yeah, it's a walk. I don't like it. I don't like Killer Croc at all. It's the Croc walk. He's wearing Crocs. He's very comfortable feet. And you can tell by the way he walks, <laughs> that swagger. The squad hides, but Enchantress senses them and offers them the things they want the most. As she goes into their minds, she shows Deadshot a vision of him killing Batman. Harley sees her and Joker looking normal and starting a family. Which raises questions about what Ace Chemicals did to Joker's balls. Uh, That's a very good question. Flag sees himself with June Moon, and Diablo sees himself with his family again, which quickly makes him realize that this is a trick, because that's not possible. Good for Diablo. He's the hero. He sees right through it. So he heads into the fight against Incubus, hurling his fire powers at him, and then morphing into his true form, which is this towering creature of flames and Mayan imagery and that's awesomeness? slightly racist. I'm pretty sure that's what you're... He yeah, looks, well, not wrong, he looks but... so cool. <laughs> yeah, and he fights Incubus. And he's like... He's the only one who can do it. Bigger than Incubus. He forces him into the corner long enough for Croc and the others to place the bomb, and he stays there with Incubus and sacrifices himself, which is uh, it's a really good moment. It is. Well, they're Suicide Squad, and he says, I'll live up to the name. He's like, all right. You guys won't, you pansies. All right. I'll do it. I'll be your hot tub time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I don't think the the soldier underwater, is it Scott Eastwood still in this scene? I'm unsure, but he's dead, so it doesn't matter. I don't think he gets enough credit because he also sacrificed himself to blow up the bomb with one second left on it. He does. And Croc just steers clear because he's still got a fight in the next scene. Yeah, he needs to be a part of this thing in case there's a sequel. Enchantress takes on the whole squad. She's too powerful for them, 
but she decides she's going to make a deal with them, which is like a thing that totally makes sense. She offers them whatever they want if they join her, even though she doesn't need their help. I'd like to be on record saying this ending sucks. <laughs> this sucks a Captain Boomerang level of ass. <laughs> Harley approaches Enchantress, asking if she can really bring back Joker. But it's a trick! Harley uses a nearby sword to cut her heart out, and then Croc throws a big bag of explosives in the path of Boom. Enchantress's machine that we still don't know what it does or what it is. We, uh, it's but a it's a mystery! Shoots... It's a beautiful mystery! No, it's kind of neat. No, it's neat because it shoots lightning bolts. Yeah. Sort of. Uh-huh. At targets. And you have David Harbour wondering how the hell are they targeting these things? And it's because they're tapped into Amanda Waller's brain. Yeah, you see that. Yep. So it's a, a machine and, that zaps things. It, but it zaps strategic things. They understand the things that she understands the things that can hurt her and she eliminates those. And I like that. Yeah, it would have made sense to eliminate people directly in front of her who are sure a direct what? threat right now, but here we are. So Croc throws a big bag of explosives into the machine and Deadshot gets ready to shoot it. But as he's doing that, Enchantress tries to trick him again by making it look like his daughter is there right in front of him, begging him not to shoot. Correct. But since th- this all should have taken five seconds, but because Zack Snyder was on set that day, <laughs> uh, this took 90 minutes. <laughs> we're in Get a slow-mo. Slow motion. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was Zack Snyder or if it was uh, Michael Bay. It was Michael Zack Snyder Bay. <laughs> he showed up and he said, I want less speed. I want everything slowed down. And I want so many lens flares. Can I have Sean Connery? You cannot have Sean Connery. All right. Do it anyway. Right. We're great. I'll settle. Got for... had, I had to ask. But Deadshot pulls the trigger. And uh, it's, it's Harley Quinn's gun. And it's really neat because she has love and hate printed on the chamber. And as he pulls the trigger, it turns from hate to love. And it explodes the big machine. Cool. Yep, machine go kablooey. <laughs> I like how it kind of just falls. It's not like a dramatic thing. It's just like, oh, fuck it. Right. Yep. It doesn't like... A, the machine Favreau salutes to Earth. It doesn't implode on itself or anything. It just kind of falls. Now, at this point, they're out of money for the budget. They're just trying to wrap yeah. it up. Enchantress is weakened, and Flag holds her heart. He orders the witch to release June Moon, but she's like, no, she can't come back. It's over. So he crushes the heart and kills Enchantress. And then she's like, sacrificed it. Just kidding. I'm here. She peels off the mud on her face and everything goes back to normal. She she hugs Not great. Rick Flag. As the squad prepares to leave, you know, they're going to go their separate ways. They're free or whatever. Waller shows up and she still has her own detonator, of course. And she's like, we need sequels to this thing. Hey, uh, you're only getting 10 years off your sentences. You get some special privileges. What do you want? Name your your whatever. And and of course, Boomerang still sucks ass. So he's going to try to <laughs> get his. He's trying to get more than what he deserves. And uh, he ends up getting put in solitary confinement. Good. He deserves it. He yeah. sucks. But Floyd. Oh, no, I'm not going to use that name. <laughs> nope, I have it nope. the entire it's time. at this point. Yeah. Deadshot. Not Floyd. His name is Floyd. Who gives a damn? Deadshot is allowed to visit his daughter for a brief period before being escorted out by Flag. It's a really nice moment where he's like doing math with her, but also talking about killing people, really. Got to train the next generation. Yeah. As we all know. Sure. Croc gets BET because, you know, really flesh out that character. Croc is useless. We know that. And Harley gets an espresso machine for her cell. That's what she wanted, though. Yeah. She said it as a joke, but she really wanted it. And then a group of mercenaries break into the penitentiary and start killing the guards. And they break into Harley's cell, and they take off their mask, and it's the Joker. He's alive. And he, he goes in, 
and he he hugs Harley and says, "Let's go home." Joker here. J- Joker here. Movie over, except it's not. Right, the end. And then Waller meets with Bruce Wayne in a restaurant. And she says, "I need protection because the aftermath of this whole Enchantress thing." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, but I want those files on Barry Allen and Arthur Curry." She's like, "Hey, you should stop working nights." And he's like, "Hey, you should get rid of your task force, or my friends will do it for you." Right, Suicide Squad 2016. That's the movie. Wow, that third act. It happens. It's uh, definitely one of the three acts in this movie. <laughs> yes. I've made it pretty clear where I stand in this movie, but I feel like it's cheating because of the extended cut, because then it actually fleshed out characters. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like, uh, you know, I love the Snyder cut, but no, I'm just kidding. It's not real, first of all. Get over yourselves, nerds. <laughs> but this movie's not as bad as people make it out to be. No, it really isn't. I mean, it's not great. There are serious problems with it, but I think they do an excellent job with three characters in particular. Which three? Uh Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and El Diablo. Perfect. I completely agree. They spent some time on Waller, too, to be fair, and, and put some backstory into her a little bit. A little bit. And they, she is uh, absolute badass. She might be the biggest wild card out of this whole movie. Absolutely. Even though they pitch Harley Quinn as the wild card. Right. No. And I think that's a kind of a cool dynamic change, how on Harley Quinn's baseball card at the beginning of this thing, it says wild card because, you know. <laughs> But then Waller's doing all this shit to be the true wild card, and it's kind of cool to see what is supposed to be the hero of this villain-led movie to be the one that you can't trust. Yeah, yeah. As far as, as you know, the, the government suit is the one who, like, in most of these movies would be the best of the group, is the one who's the most corrupt and causing the most issues. It really flips the perspective to a villain side, and you see, like, oh, this character is actually super shady. It is super shady, and I think the thing that they were going off of for this movie, people like villains. Yeah. It's not a secret. I mean, this is villain-led. Are these guys really villainous, or are they just bad guys? They're kind of all sort of their own levels of henchy. Yeah. But there's not, I mean, it's not a secret. They have some sort of leg up or some sort of superpower that really makes them stand out. And I think that's important because... Incoming message from the big giant web. Ooh. This week on IFL Science, I fucking love science.com, an article came out that said, Why are people drawn to the villains and baddies in movies? And the picture, of course, is Joker, because why wouldn't it be? Well, of course. They said, Let's be honest, the Joker will always be cooler than Batman. Darth Vader's immeasurably more iconic than Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and the evil queen has way more depth of a character than Snow White. So what this article goes into, it's a psychologist from Northwestern University who are probably under quarantine, had nothing better to do. They realize that it's like a sympathy for the devil type idea. How in a fictional setting, when you recognize in your brain as the viewer, this is a fictional setting and you can relate to the villain a lot more easier because it kind of relates to the darker side of you that you can't express normally due to, you know, social norms. Sure. This sounds a lot like something we discussed with Superman and why he's not as a beloved character. Right. And I I know some of our friends, Shumble Downey, will call him a bitch, and that's just <laughs> insane. That's completely insane. He's less relatable. But yeah, I, I, that makes sense. One of the things that they said that really blew my mind a little was finding similarities between oneself and a bad person can be uncomfortable. But we all got those parts. It's just a matter of how we see it more drawn out 
more life put into these characters that you aren't really willing to face within yourself. Yeah. But it's there. But it's fully there. For sure. Maybe not fully like seeing things that are happening in these movies and and associating yourself with them, but more so the motivations behind them are more relatable. I think that's what they're going for. I would almost liken it to uh, like playing like Red Dead Redemption. Like anytime I play a role playing game like that or an open world game, like I automatically want to do like the evil shit. Like I do not play a neutral character. I do not play a lawful good character. Like I'm tying my fuckers up, throwing them on railroad tracks. You sound all right. So the thing that blows my mind about what you just said was when I read this article, I said, "Man, Fable 3. I was just gonna say yeah. after what he said, Fable is. A hundred percent. That's where my head went right away when I read the article of going like, I do kind of always want to get away with something a little bit, but also be a little neutral and feel better about myself and my character in this story. Like I'll play Grand Theft Auto Five and like, uh, you know, maybe I'll follow the rules for a second, but then it gets boring and I want to blow something up. Yeah, because you you don't have that opportunity. I think that's that's where it ends up where it lands is you, a normal human being that's not some troll neck beard doesn't have Andrew that Luck. opportunity right <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have that opportunity to go out and be a douchebag like in public and you know you have lives to maintain and reputations to uphold but like that's i think that's why that kind of character resonates and that's why you lean that way with playing a game like fable or playing a game like red dead is because it's an avenue that you can't actively pursue in your typical Let me everyday ask this, then deadshot you just described Deadshot in this movie. What's the question? It's not really a question. Oh, okay. It's more of a. It's more of a Dwight Schrute. It is your birthday type. Statement. I mean, with Deadshot, <laughs> if you're if you're looking at it from a, a an advantage point of Deadshot, why is he doing it? What's his motivation? It's it's to provide for his kid. So, I mean, I get that. Like, if it come down to it, like you're gonna do some evil shit in order to provide for your kid, and also now he has yeah. an opportunity that he understands. I'm the bad dude. I'm in prison, and I have a chance to go see my kid and teach her math in the worst way possible. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think from a paternal standpoint, like if you're not actively looking at what you can do on an everyday basis, like to make that life better, then why are you even doing what you're doing? You know, I totally I mean? get it. I think that's why the Deadshot character lands, and honestly, it's a probably one of the reasons why they fleshed out his character more is because they knew that it would land with more people. I think that they fleshed out that character more with Deadshot is because, yeah, it's going to land with more people, but also because Will Smith, uh, he's he's got that price tag thing attached to him. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah for you sure. You probably should pay for what you're paying for. It's not like a Robert Downey Jr. where you're going to pay him however many million in Spider-Man Homecoming for however many minutes. It's insane. It's a it's a percentage of the budget, the yeah. full budget yeah. Robert Downey Jr. gets. But I think that's absolutely right about Deadshot. Is he's so relatable of I'm a bad guy. Like I'm gonna I know what I'm good at. You don't do anything for free, Joker style Dark Knight, if you know you're good at it. And he does it for a price, but at the same time he has his morality. Right, right. He's definitely the moral compass of the movie. But I also think Harley Quinn is extremely interesting in this movie. Very much so. Yeah, she's definitely has her own moral compass. It's just kind of skewed. It goes more off kilter. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's off kilter as much as it's an act. I don't know how and much she it shows is that act. in the scene laying on the car when after Mr. J dies. Like trying an act trying to hide insecurity. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that this is an act. I think that she does have some things in the back of her head like no matter what happens, Mr. J's getting me out of here. But yeah. After Mr. J's gone, she has to put on the, the brave face 
of now I actually don't know where I stand. Right. But I think that's the only time where she feels that. I think prior to that, her whole motivation is just getting back to the Joker. It's not a secret. The text messages show it and she's trying to do it. It's not a secret. Right. So, I mean, her morality is very much based on what is best for me to get back to here. And when that goes away, she's thrown into some sort of, oh, my whole life has been based on this. What do I do now? Yeah. And it shows in everything that Margot Robbie's doing. Margot Robbie steals this movie. Oh, for sure. And it There's no very secret. much shows. There's not an argument about that. I think that a lot of people can't get past the fact that, yes, this is a dark movie. Very. Yes, this movie is choppy as all hell in the way it's thrown together theatrically, I'm going to call it, because extendedly, <laughs> it's a little bit better. Man, I, I wish people would give this thing another chance. Maybe don't live under a bridge while watching this thing type scenario. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I think that's what really hit this one really hard. I have a uh, a quote here from uh, David Iyer actually about the movie. What do you say? Uh, he says, I know it's a controversial film. I really tried to make something different with a look and a voice of its own. I took inspiration from the insanity of the original comics. Making movies a journey, not a straight line. I learned so much. People want what they want, and everybody has a personal vision of how each character should look and walk and talk. If you set out to make a mass appeal movie, it's easy to end up with vanilla. But I went for it. I know Squad has its flaws. Hell, the world knows it. Nothing hurts more than to pick up a newspaper and see a couple years of your blood, sweat, and tears ripped to shreds. The hate game is strong out there. The movie was wildly successful commercially, and the world got introduced to some very cool characters in the DC Universe. And that success is due exactly to the wonder and power of DC and its characters. Would I do a lot of things different? Yep, for sure. Wish I had a time machine. I'd make Joker the main villain and engineer a more grounded story. I have to take the good and the bad and learn from it. I love making movies and I love DC. I'm a high school dropout and used to paint houses for a living. I'm lucky to have the job I have. I have to give the characters the stories and plots they deserve next time. Real talk. And no, there isn't a secret edit of the film with a bunch of Joker scenes hidden in a salt mine somewhere. <laughs> I appreciate him saying that. And I think the thing that he should have also included was, when he got hired in this thing, Warner Brothers said, this is the release date. It is not moving. You have six weeks to write this yeah. story, then you better cast this That's motherfucker, crazy. then you better shoot this thing. Six weeks to write is unreal. It's nuts. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I think the writing shows in this thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think the directing shows in this thing, and David Iyer is not a bad director. That's the the main problem with it all. And he's not a bad writer. I mean, Training Day is looked at as a, a sort of secret masterpiece mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he wrote that. He did really cool things with his directing, too. Like, Margot Robbie and Jared Leto never rehearsed a scene together before they filmed. He just said, I want this to have that unpredictability and madness of Harley Quinn and Joker. So he That's just great threw them in and filmed. I think that Warner Brothers is more to blame for this movie than anything in the world. I 100% believe that. But at the same time, this movie could be fleshed out a little bit more. I think for what you have, again, it's tricky to say because theatrically, it's a mess. And in the extended cut, it's also a bit of a mess at some points because continuity-wise, script supervisor took a day off in a lot of parts <laughs> in terms of continuity <laughs> where guns are in hand and guns are not. And sometimes Margot Robbie's standing and then she's sitting all of a sudden out of nowhere. This thing was really just slapped she's together. She's a wild point card. In order to, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> this thing was slapped together in order to get it out on time because mm-hmm. Warner Brothers dictated it needed to be out on that date. Right. And to me, 
I think that Warner Brothers is its own enemy within the studio system. And it's why DC fails at a lot of movies and a lot of ideas. But I also think that people put Marvel on a pedestal because those movies are a lot more friendly. They're a lot more accepting of everything. They're a lot more brightly colored and fun and enjoyable to watch. Whereas DC, I think, is mostly drama based. It's not so much action based or comedy based or anything like that. I think that's why Shazam hit a weird spot. Because Shazam is more of a family comedy than anything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But these DC movies try to really dig into the character like a, a whole lot. Whereas Marvel doesn't really try to dig in all that much. Uh, they, Marvel's about the story, the thing with not Marvel about the character. They hit it over time. Uh, they have that luxury, though. They do have that luxury where, I mean, DC has been trying to build a universe on its own. Then eventually they just said, fuck it. This isn't for us. Yeah. And I think that's benefited them greatly. Definitely. The problem with DC, though, in that comparison, is they have established characters that are on TV shows. And they made the decision that it wasn't a shared universe. Is that a bad they, thing? Yeah, I mean, if you're wanting established characters and you're wanting backstory and you're wanting build, why not use the characters that you've already established and you already have backstory and you already have build from the TV shows and translate those over to the movies? Because maybe they don't translate. Maybe they work better in an hour format once a week. Yeah, but then you have the crisis on Infinite Earths or, or you know, those those sort of things that are, are home runs. Uh, you're not wrong there, but what would happen, let's say, if Marvel... ABC, let's call it what it is, would decide to put on a Marvel type show, and let's call it Thor, and let's say you could call it Agents of Shield. You yeah, could. I was going to say they have Agents. They of do Shield. have they that. Have You're Agent absolutely Carter right. As well. In fact, those are connected. Those are still canonical, right? Correct. To a point, yeah. To a point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you want Grant Gustin in a movie, or does he work better in the short format of it all? Because I don't think he's very charismatic, but I think he does a very good job as the Flash. On CW, I think he's the Flash. excellent, and I think um, if nothing else, he's getting better press than Ezra Miller right now. <laughs> hey, well, Ezra Miller likes to undertake or choke slam people, ladies mostly, and that's a problem. I just think it would it would have made a whole lot more sense for them not having the luxury of having Iron Man one, Iron Man two, Iron Man three, Thor Ragnarok. Thor, you know what I'm saying? Like you already have these established characters. Why do we need to see origin stories again? Like at that point, you're you're Spider Man to a point out. because with Homecoming they don't do the origin, and that is my favorite thing about Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think that's what he's saying is is yeah. Why tell a Flash origin again if you have this fleshed out Flash character that already exists that you have access to? You're not wrong, but that, at that point it just becomes a TV movie for the most part. Like the Flash works because it has that charm on the small screen. You understand there's these kind of cheaper effects. It still looks pretty good. Yeah. And the whole thing is more story-driven than anything. That's true. I think once Hollywood gets involved and you throw $100 million instead of, like, at this two-hour movie, instead of just, like, maybe million or $2 million episode that you're putting out for an hour, it just, it, it doesn't add up sometimes. No, but you could have, you could have the cross-promotion there that could translate into, uh, what is it, the Nelson ratings that they use on TV? Yeah. You know, like you have people that might not necessarily watch those TV shows and then they hear about a Justice League movie and they go to see the Justice League movie and they're like, oh, shit, I like these characters. Let me go see where I can find more of them. And then now they're watching them on TV. That's an assumption. And it's not a bad assumption. 
DC does a funny thing with that because the DV, uh, the DC shows are extremely successful. Yeah. And their movies are not. And I think it really comes That's weird. to the lightness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It could be general. These movies are tone. heavy as hell. Yeah. And me and Brian have always talked about this, how he's a Marvel guy. I'm a DC guy. And I'll go to bat for DC in a lot of ways because I appreciate that they dive really deep into the characters, whereas Marvel dives really deep into the story. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool take. And I think Suicide Squad is a bit of a fulcrum there. It fell short on so many of the characters. It did, but I think it was trying to do what a Guardians of the Galaxy was trying to do, where you have all these characters and you're just going to try to introduce them at once. Yeah. And it's a very tricky thing to pull off. Oh, yeah. It's... That Guardians was a miracle that it was able to do. It. We've talked about that. Yeah. Very difficult to introduce an entire ensemble cast. Right. Suicide Squad is doing it in the sense that we're establishing that these are bad guys. This is actually entirely different than Guardians because Guardians just it doesn't even have anti-heroes. These are all characters that are willing to lean into the heroics. They have to. Yeah, but I wouldn't call them heroes. I uh, I will. They're at the end of the day I will. Oh, at the end but of the movie. But I also will sure. at the end of at the end of the day Suicide Squad I'll call them heroes too. Yeah, see? So, so it's so really it's not the that same different. Journey. You have you have thieves and murderers yeah. and the son yeah. and the daughter of a titan who team up and save the galaxy. So realistically the only thing wrong with Suicide Squad is that Killer Croc doesn't say Killer Croc like I agreed. <laughs> no, instead he just says That's the only thing wrong. I want to watch BET. So, all right, we figured out this movie. We did it. That was easy. <laughs> it's a dark, gritty Guardians with a worse soundtrack. It's not a worse soundtrack. It's a worse with a place soundtrack. Yeah, with a, it's very good. With songs. a not as well intertwined soundtrack. Right, gentlemen. Let me ask you a question. Rotten Tomatoes, one to one hundred. Micah, go ahead. Sixty-four. Brian, go ahead. Forty-five. On Rotten Tomatoes, this got a 27%. <laughs> wow. Audience score, it got a 59%. Okay. The critics' consensus is Suicide Squad boasts a talented cast and a little more humor than previous DCEU efforts, but they aren't enough to save the disappointing end result from a muddled plot, thinly written characters, and choppy directing. Yeah, that's um, pretty accurate. Yeah, but on a scale of 100, that's, that's insane, uh... right? Is that too low? That, that seems like, I think it's kind of a given at this point that I'm not a super fan of the movie, but I I think that's way too low. I appreciate you saying that as it's not tolerable. a super fan, as a fan of the movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tolerable movie. Yeah, the 20s seems very low. Uh, I think the audience score is much more accurate on this one. I agree with you on that one. And here's my problem with the movie, and it lies within some of the critical reviews. Obviously, Roger Ebert didn't see this. Because the Enchantress had not resurrected his jawless body, yeah, he had to be able to watch the movie as it's playing out. Came we know down that. with a with a bad case of being dead. Yeah, it's a real bad case of it. Who do you think has his heart? <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago uh, Richard Times. Roper probably has it sitting on his <laughs> bookshelf still somewhere, and he says, "Yeah, you fucker. Yeah, you son of a bitch." <laughs> a couple reviews I pulled. I pulled. A rotten one, and I pulled a not-so-rotten one, a freshie. And uh, Amy Nicholson does a great podcast called Unspooled with Paul Shear. She says, The closest Suicide Squad comes to the masterworks of Christopher Nolan is that, like Memento, 
it suffers from instant amnesia. <laughs> Before you get to commenting on that, let me say that the fresh one that I pulled is from NPR. It's Chris Klimek. He says, it wants so desperately to be submersive and irreverent in the manner of Fight Club or, more likely, Deadpool. And yet the most shocking thing about it is how risk-averse it turns out to be. Hmm. Give me your thoughts on both of those, because there's a thread. Well, I already forgot what the first one was. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a looser thread than it should be. <laughs> I feel like they both are saying that it, it tries too hard to be something that it, it's it, not. Yeah, it sounds like both are, are comparing it to other properties instead of letting it be its own thing. You both nailed it. And I think that's important to say. Why on earth would Amy Nicholson, who's a phenomenal critic, say that it doesn't come close to the masterworks of Christopher Nolan? Is it because Christopher Nolan made a movie that had a Joker in it at one point? Yeah, is that why? Maybe. Is Chris Climax saying that it doesn't come close to a Deadpool because there's some sassy characters in this thing? Is that why? Because you got you know bad guys doing good things. Uh, I don't know. It seems ridiculous. It seems like this movie never really had a fair shot. It was, uh, it's definitely a victim to comparison, but you have to know that going in, when you put a Joker on screen, it's going to be compared to other movies that have the Joker in it. Of course it will. But does that mean that the whole movie is going to get compared to that? Or does that mean that that performance should be compared to something else? Oh, definitely. It means that that performance should be compared, but the rest of the movie, I'm not sure that it knows what it wants to be. Joker's not part of Suicide Squad. He's part of Harley Quinn's backstory. Right. I right. think that's the most important thing. A lot of people really complained about Jared Leto not being in this movie, and I was so happy not seeing Jared Leto in this movie all that much. Not the fact that he's a shitty Joker, but oh. the fact that Joker is so distracting as a character that it, it, this is Harley Quinn's time to shine. Right. Right. This is not Jared Leto Joker time to shine. This is Harley Quinn time to shine. Who gives a fuck about Jared Leto? Well, I think in the story, I, he's acting shitty in this. Who gives a shit about him story wise? Yeah. Do you think it would have been better served to not even have him in the movie, though? No, I think it would be better served to leave him in this and just do better acting and contribute a little bit to what was already there. You don't need to put him in this movie any more than he's already in this thing. I think that yeah. you don't want to distract it. The Joker's a distracting character. He's a huge character. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, you don't think him being involved at all overshadows the entirety of the movie? I think he has to be involved because of Harley Quinn. I think that's the most important thing in the world. But that also gives character development to one of the leads of this movie. It's very important for Joker to be there. But get the fuck over Jared Leto. Right. It's He's not a big part of this movie for a reason. It was written that way, too. He wasn't cut out all that much. Yeah, I think he's definitely a necessary part if you're telling any kind of story about the character of Harley Quinn. And she is like one of the top two people in this movie. She's extremely important. So you have to have some sort of Joker involved. However, it is no secret that at this, at this point, DC is trying to build an expanded universe. They have Ben Affleck in this movie as Batman and Bruce Wayne. They are introducing right. who is going to be the biggest villain in their universe. Correct. And they're trying to where he's obviously going to get some attention. And I think, He's a big reason why this movie did as well as it did is because people were curious about who this new Joker is. Yes, and I think that's foolish. Yeah, but it's a it's an unfortunate circumstance of the the genre. 
I think you're right. Let me tell you about unfortunate circumstances of life, and they live on Amazon.com. <laughs> this movie on Amazon.com, Daddy's Little Monsters, who live there. Hey, that's what it says on her shirt. That's right. 8,000 reviews, Amazon.com. This movie's got a 4.3 out of 5. Wow. 64% are 5 star, 6% are 1 star, which <laughs> is admittedly high. That's... <laughs> Yeah, maybe deservedly. From September 15th, 2019, title, Wish Margot Robbie Would Beat Me to Death. (laughs) (laughs) Review, that's not like some kinky thing. I wish she'd have beaten me to death instead of having to watch this movie. Well, that was upsetting. I liked it better when it was a kinky (laughs) thing. That review was highly disappointing after that, yeah, that subject line. It got real hot, then it got real not hot. Yeah. Disclaimer. From January 13th, 2017, I usually love any movie in this genre. I loved Ant-Man, but this one was really bad. The (laughs) script was so weak, I just couldn't get into it. But I loved Ant-Man. You know, tonally very similar. I would say it's almost identical, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah, the the part with uh, Evangeline Lilly where she walked around in booty shorts. I mean, that's right. I we all remember it. And Michael Douglas tried not to get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that one worked out. From February sixth, twenty seventeen. Hashtag spoiler tw. I just finished watching hashtag Suicide Squad. Three exclamation points. They killed Enchantress in favor of humans. Three question marks, dot, dot, dot. Hollywood, patriot, nationalist, pro-military propaganda is grossly disturbing to me versus meta slash demigods. The real character (laughs) archetypes would never obey military when they could resist and seize the chance of freedom through magic slash love when a chance was offered to liberate them. Five dollars I paid to watch it was worth every second of Jared Leto and watching Harley Quinn get kicked in the twat by Enchantress. What? Lots of emojis. I don't know. There's a heart. There's a skull. There's a diamond. There's a knife. There's a bomb. There's a card. I can't forgive the writers forcing Harley's character to sly Enchantress. Yeah, she's sly, but real Harley just wouldn't break it down like that. DC sellout semicolon. They are lost and detached from the real Harley fan base producing that kind of plot twist. Angry cat face wrench trumpet emoji. <laughs> that had everything. We're not done. Yes. <laughs> Costume designer slash makeup artists and videographers slayed. Yes. Batman is finally a sub character because TBH. I'm happy for him to stay back in the shadow while other characters get more exposure. <laughs> Is it done yet? It's done. I feel wow. like the, I feel like the Joker's tattoos wrote that review. They came to life <laughs> and danced their way into our brains. Oh my god. Uh uh the Enchantress was trying to kill all humans like Bender. Of course they sided with the government. <laughs> They're all humans. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh wow. That was, a, that was a long ride. I'm, it was a long ride and it was worth it because yes, yes. emojis. I'm really glad that they had that trigger warning on the front. <laughs> Spoiler. TW. I'm going to put hashtags in my Amazon review in case you guys want to search me. So many I'm emojis. Be trending, batch. I'm going to be trending, batch. Harley wouldn't even do that. Harley wouldn't 
do that. She stops at Sephora. (laughs) (laughs) Stay at the Pearson Pagoda, Rachel. Thanks. (laughs) So out of touch with the real Harley fans. You guys don't even know. His dad's a little monster. (laughs) (laughs) Now go and get me some pudding. (laughs) I'll take tapioca, Rachel. (laughs) Thank you. From Annie Annie's. <laughs> From December 26th, 2016. Unwatchable garbage for adults. Marvel isn't reinventing cinema or anything, but they always start with character. <laughs> Comic book fans have seen just about every plot imaginable. Yes. And this movie's nonsensical plot isn't intriguing at all and doesn't make up for the fact that the characters never feel real. This would be like Marvel trying to make Civil War before developing most of the key characters in their own features. This is Dave speaking now. We call that Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Which shouldn't have worked. So it's maybe not the model to basis off of. Right. Uh, American Dad would have described this review as picking a whole bouquet of oopsie daisies. I think it's unfortunate that Marvel and DC, and I mean, I know it's territory, but they consistently get compared against each other and nobody can allow them to breathe in their own space. I completely agree. And I say that because from January 25th, 2017, title, not PG-13 movie at all, review, I love Marvel movies. That's it. That's um not a review. That that's just a nope statement and another statement that have no connection. Uh, right, Dwight Schrute, it is your birthday. This is not PG thirteen. I love Marvel movies. I like turtles. <laughs> From August eleventh, twenty eighteen. Title: Unbelievable review. Why does Diablo carry a keychain on his belt loop if he burned down his house? that's the real question we did it (laughs) this was the sad part is that it's hard to find a couple hundred negative reviews like one star this movie had 702 wow it took me for fucking ever to go through and most of them were this is the worst movie i've ever seen or i can't believe i'm wasting my five dollars on this thing and then you get a gem like if he doesn't have a house, why does he have a keychain? What's the what's the keychain? He's in jail. What's going on with that? Solid question. <laughs> it's the key to his heart. Yeah, it's got to be it. <laughs> got to be it. From December 18th, 2016, could have been but wasn't. It was nothing that Deadpool was. Why are you It's nothing like Deadpool. I feel like Billy Shakes reinvigorated himself and just brought himself back to life and wrote that could have been, but was not. <laughs> could have it been. It was nothing that Deadpool was. Was not. Stop comparing it to other shit! <laughs> oh, fuck. I, right away. From April 25th, 2017. Not a fan of movies that have groups of misfits. Or not Avengers. That's what they wrote. Come together and walk around blowing things up and over and over and endless cliches and one-liners. I don't like fucking groups that come together, but then I like the Avengers. Go fuck yourself! <laughs> There's other things in the world, goddammit! Uh, I don't know what's funnier, the review, or how mad you're getting about it. I'm getting pretty upset about it, and I'm going to come back down to Earth, because from February 24th, 2017, title, F. Will Smith. Review. <laughs> I hate Will Smith! I don't know why I bought this movie! 
Leto is a great Joker, but I was disappointed that his part wasn't what? bigger. Wow. What? Yeah, that's the what? one that should stand out the most. Um, You have a problem with Will Smith and you love Jared Leto's Joker. I don't yep. think you should exist as a person. Yeah, carrying on from that from February 2nd, 2017, this movie does not compare to other Batman flicks. It's not a Batman oh. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Oh. How about that? That's why I actually, I just wrote a review on Spider-Man Homecoming, and I was like, you know, it wasn't as good as the other, other Iron Man movies. That's right. Hashtag yes. <laughs> Hashtag yes, Rachel, yes. Could have used more Iron Man. I was honestly upset. That... <laughs> At one point, he wasn't even in the suit. What the hell? Spider emoji, spider emoji. <laughs> they wouldn't use spider emojis, and you know that. Then use a wrench and a bomb and an ace of spades, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Lipstick emoji. From December 30th, 2016. They do not all perform suicide acts. The ending <laughs> is the opposite. They have big dreams about the future. <laughs> Will Smith should skip the superhero flicks and make Pursuit of Happiness 2 with his rich kid teen son, Jade, and... Jade Not Jaden, Jade and yep. it's refreshing to see his spoiled son sleeping in the streets, even if it's just acting. <laughs> what in the world? What, what person went into this movie thinking they were going to watch people commit suicide? Uh, Bender, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I oh, really yeah, don't know. I like this enchantress. Kill all humans. That's right. I'm really on her side. Oh, she lost. Damn it! Oh, they don't even all commit suicide at the end. I can't believe it either. It's not so much. Well, remember when Clint Eastwood did the whole thing? Because the Scott Eastwood's in this where he did, uh, what was it? Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. And Letters from Iwo Jima was just a long suicide trip from Japanese soldiers on that side of World War II. I don't remember Were that they expecting all. that? <laughs> Maybe. From April 26th, 2017. Earlier in the week, I had to take my mother off of life support. Oh my God. And watch her die in a hospital bed. Just a few moments ago, I saw the Academy Award-winning motion picture Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'm not sure which was harder to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's, that is DC dark. That's a Owen Wilson. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> that's a Luke Wilson. I just slept with my boss's high school daughter, old school style. Wow. Oh. oh, boy. Uh, they understand the tone of this movie, and I appreciate that. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and the last one that I have is from January 12th, 2017. He says, it's like waking up and deciding that you're going to teach your dog how to cook. You go to the store and buy the most expensive ingredients. You put them in front of your dog, come back in a few hours, then get mad because the dog just chewed up the ingredients, then vomited into the bowl. <laughs> it was your dumb idea to have a dog cook. It was your dumb idea to spend big money on ingredients. Don't be surprised by the taste. Wow. That's assuming you even ate it at that point. I ate the dog vomit and it tasted fine. That Thank is, you very much. That is a, a nuanced, layered review. They did a very good job. I like you how should they not be on Amazon.com. You should have your own blog. Spent money on the best ingredients. Yeah. You know, Will Smith. He didn't get jiggy with it all over this movie, though, so there's that. He didn't, but I do want to get jiggy with it with you boys. Oh. And I want to play a little bit of a game. Ooh. 
It's a little game we like to call Bet Your Liver. Bet your liver. Today's categories of Bet Your Liver. Do you both have drinks in front of you? Sure do. As you know, if you're wrong, you drink. As I've heard, you just drink just to drink. Yep. You should drink just to that drink. Too. It's actually, it's very important to do that as well. Hydration's important. Today's categories for Bet Your Liver are Wet Bed Behead. It's your good old fashioned fuck, Mary kill. Next category is Kids Jokes. Huh. And the final category is Headlines. Mike, as our guest, you get to pick first. I am going to have to uh, find out what these kids' jokes are all about. I'm glad you asked. Kids jokes. I went on a child joke website and took the kids jokes. I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to give me the punchline to what these children's jokes are. Dave, always Googling children being silly. It's what I do. (laughs) It's why I delete my history on my computer (laughs) once every couple minutes. Incognito tab, bro. Incognito tab. Yeah, that just turns me on even more. Can't help it. Knowing that I'm doing something I shouldn't. Micah, the first joke I have for you. What's the difference between Spider-Man and Superman? Oh, God. This one's the one you're never going to win. You chose the wrong one. Something about flying? I don't know. No, no. It's Spider-Man shoots webs, but Clark Kent. (laughs) He Kent. That's great. <laughs> Mikey, you got a drink, bud. Sorry. That <laughs> took me way too long to realize what you said. This is the suicide squad of the categories, just to be, so you guys know. <laughs> got it. Got it. You're going to be fucked at some point. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. Give me headlines. So headlines. I got my inspiration for headlines, because I was trying to think of something a little different, and things I like to listen to. And the first thing that came to me was when I lived in Dallas. Bo and Jim was a great morning show on their classic rock station. And he had a thing where he would go on the weekly world news and he would read out four different weekly world news headlines. And you had to pick the fake one. Oh, so using that as inspiration, I did that with the onion. Oh, okay. I'm going to read out three onion headlines and you're going to have to tell me which one is the fake, the fake onion headline. Correct. Does that make it a real headline? Nope. It's the one I made up. Got it. The headlines are wheelchair basketball players stunned by thunderous slam dunk. Special Olympics T-ball stand pitches perfect game. (laughs) It's hard to read these. (laughs) Helen Keller unaware she has bowled a 300 game. I'm going to go with the Helen Keller one. That's the one. That's the one I made. (laughs) It's because it was hard not to laugh because the T-ball one, man. (laughs) Should have positioned him better. (laughs) It's so good. I immediately was like super analytical over here. I was like, man, was bowling even around when Helen Keller was alive? It it was. She didn't know, but it was. (laughs) (laughs) She was too busy in the attic trying to hide from the Nazis. Yeah, that's that's the right person. (laughs) (laughs) Micah, go ahead. Um, I'm going to do one of those headlines now. All right. Micah, your choices are popular high school girls car accident leads to the next big fashion fad. I'm like a chocoholic, but for booze. (laughs) School bully not so tough since being molested. (laughs) And these are from the onion. Is that what you said? Two of them are. One of them is from my stupid brain. 
I'm gonna go with the 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 school fad, the the red. God damn it! All right, <laughs> I'm getting called out left and right. Davis learning Good for He's you. You not professionally writing for the and onion. I'm, and I'm drinking because I lost. I feel like Brian. Go ahead. Uh, give me the old wed bed behead. Your choices are Tony Shaloub, Eugene Levy, and John Lithgow. Oh no! I have to kill one of these men. Yeah, you're gonna have to marry and fuck one too. Yeah, that, I'm. That's fine. I can't believe I have to kill one of these <laughs> national treasures. Of, you know, Canadian and American nations. I think I'm gonna kill Tony Shaloub. What's wrong with you? Uh, this is not the way I saw it going. Hold on, hold on. Let me rethink this. I'm marrying Eugene Levy. I am. That goes without saying. I am fucking Tony Shaloub, and I'm killing John Lithgow. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Yeah, no, there, there's so no way hard. you're winning this one. It's so difficult. <laughs> you just really figure out what your personal preferences are. And now we know. That's so hard. I guess right answer? Somehow that's the hardest one you've ever come up with. It's not. Give it time. And we just, we literally just talked about Tony Shalhoub earlier too. And now you're going to, you're just going to fuck him like that and not even marry him? Just like that. I mean, I'm going to marry Eugene Levy every time. Micah, go ahead. Uh, I'll do another kid's joke. You really just want to drink, don't you? All right. <laughs> what did Batman do at the deli? He went a robin. He got ham. He got what? He got ham. Oh. Oh, that's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> My, mine was better. <laughs> he got ham. Uh, kids jokes. Oh. I told you. <laughs> You're going to lose. I want one of those kids jokes. Uh, okay. Why does Iron Man think Thanos is a pessimist? Because he sees the universe half full. Holy shit, you are so close to what they said. I'm going to give this to you. It's because he's a universe half empty kind of guy. Ah. Oh. Good for you. Pessimist, right? So, you know, I should drink because I said full. Let's both drink cuz we're all winners here. <laughs> Micah, go ahead. Right, let's go with a a wed bed behead. All right, Micah, your choices are Old man-looking Benjamin Button, middle-aged-looking Benjamin Button, <laughs> and young man-looking Benjamin Button. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you immediately have to kill the young one so that you're not one of those people. Do you, people. though? But he's the oldest, technically. Yeah, but he looks the youngest and looks- He does, but he's got all that wisdom from all the years. Yeah, but I ain't trying to have Chris Hansen pull me into a kitchen. Chris Hansen also a pedophile, probably. Let's, let's go. Hey, uh, to, to catch a maniac, you got to send in a maniac. That's right. Demolition Man style. <laughs> so, All right. So you've killed technically the oldest Benjamin Button. Yep. <laughs> That's a um, ballsy choice. We're going to marry the oldest looking youngest mind one. The what? The, so you're going to marry a child man, more or less. Yeah, if but, he's the old man, he's pretty much like a six-year-old yeah, in an old man's body. If you're marrying him, then you can raise him to be how you want. <laughs> As an old oh. man, <laughs> holy shit! You're, sha Micah. you're shaping your own future in that at that point. Uh, are you? Because you're also. If this is not like an Anna Nicole Smith situation of marrying old, hoping they die sooner, and then you happen to die sooner. That's not how this works. We're all gonna die sometime. You're not wrong, but you're choosing to to marry a child. That looks like an old person, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no winning on this one. No. 
You got to be about the you got to be about the looks. I like how either way you're just saying fuck it. I'll fucking I'll fuck Brad Pitt. Whatever. Yeah, I mean ultimately that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I like how you chose to marry the old-looking one who's actually younger. But instead you could have said, "No, I fuck it. I'll just I'll I'll slam one of the one of the naughty ones and just hope I get away with it. That could have been the way you got to. Yeah. The really me. ballsy move would have been to kill the middle-aged one. Yeah, <laughs> really. Oh, man. <laughs> That's when you just don't give a shit anymore. That's what it is. You uh. kill the middle one, you end up on a list somewhere. <laughs> That's very true. We'll let you dip once. You try to dip twice, and you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I guess right answer. I don't know where we settled in this thing, and that's probably the, for the best. Yeah, uh, I'm going to drink anyways. That's the right <laughs> that's move. That's smart. Brian, go ahead. I'll do another headline. I really hope I can pull one over on you guys. I don't know. Your headlines are, sperm cells unaware they're swimming up large intestine. <laughs> Family watching movie, white knuckles it through unexpected sex scene. President celebrates Cinco de Mayo by filling sinks with mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, I think it's the white knuckling it one. I win! Drink! All it was right. the mayonnaise! That was pretty good. Cinco Thank de Mayo. you. I finally got you on one. <laughs> Micah, go ahead. Let's go for a uh, another kid's joke. You just you want to drink. You want to drink. All right. Why is it so easy for the Flash to jump higher than skyscrapers? Um, something about a speed force. I don't know. Skyscrapers can't jump. <laughs> Why would you put yourself through this at this point? Oh, that's rough. I've set the limits of what kids' jokes are, and you just keep going down that hole. That's the way I like them. Good, going right down them. <laughs> go right down the hole. Brian, go ahead. Uh, wed bed the head. So there was an episode of My Strange Addiction where this guy really, really loved a car. Yep. And he like laid under it and he was all about this car. Sure. So your three choices are the Batmobile. Pick whatever one you want. Okay. Ecto one. It's the Ghostbusters car. Okay. Or the DeLorean. Go ahead. All right. Uh this is I'm gonna marry the DeLorean. I'm gonna Why? F- because uh a life with a DeLorean is a life of adventure and I can go to any time and place. Yeah, Fair but enough. have you with seen Plutonium. the uh the the Mr. Trash compactor hole? The size of that thing? That's true. You're not fitting in that. No, you that... are fitting in that, but like you're fitting in that a lot like Earth in relative size to like Jupiter. That's how you're fitting in it. Okay. I mean, you know, it'll be an adjustment, <laughs> but it doesn't matter Fair enough. because I'm fucking the Batmobile on the side. Oh, are you killing Ecto-1? I'm killing Ecto-1. I don't appreciate that at all, I but know, I understand but... that's the right answer. I heard that Ecto-1 was a screamer. <laughs> I heard the same thing. Micah, go ahead. Uh, let's uh, wet bed my head since that went so well last time. <laughs> Mike, your choices are, let's keep it a little bit topical, Harley Quinn, Katana, Amanda Waller, go. Oh, Amanda's dead, fuck Harley, and marry Katana. That's easy. Do you really want to marry Katana? She's got the spirit of her dead husband and the sword that she carries. Yeah, and she'll protect me it's at all costs. It's not that a sword's cucking you. She'll protect me at all costs, though. Like, if I need to go to the grocery store during a pandemic, she's got me. I don't think she will. I think it's more of, like, an arranged marriage where they secretly just fucking hate you the whole time. Oh, wait, we call that real marriage. Never mind. <laughs> you might have chosen the right thing. 
She's just crying about the soul of her husband and her sword. <laughs> right. In the bathroom at night when you're not there. it's It all works But out. there's a level of crazy with Harley Quinn that you just can't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the... You want to know what's coming. Yeah. You can try to fuck it out. <laughs> you can try. It might not work. <laughs> yeah. Brian, go ahead. Give me a kid's joke. How did the Flash fix his washing machine? Quickly. He used his Barry Allen wrench. Uh, that's dumb. Drink. That's a dumb I know, one. they're all dumb. How have you not caught on to this? <laughs> Micah, last round, go ahead. Give me a headline. Micah, your headlines are Rural Nebraskan not sure he could handle frantic pace of Omaha. Family sues Walt Disney Company over Frozen not being about Walt's death. I can instantly tell whether someone is African-American with my amazing black dar. <laughs> go ahead. Which one's the fake? The f- mm. I'm going to go with the frozen one. You're right. I drank already because I figured that was the one you're going to go with. <laughs> it's my dream right there for Frozen to be about Walt's death. Brian, go ahead. Last one. All right. Let's do a headline. All right, Brian, your headlines are... Dwarf Falls Equivalent of Ten Stories. Why do all these homosexuals keep sucking my cock? Oh, wow. (laughs) And City Man moves to the country, starts Apple Orchard. Dr. Wife leaves him. Oh, I'm going to go with the homosexuals. You are wrong. I got you. It's I, I, I made the Apple a day joke. I went for it, and it worked. Oh, well, no, I just figured it was... Too bad to not be a real one. Nope. I was shocked <laughs> as well. That's why I put it there. <laughs> no, I meant the apple a day one. I thought the joke was so poor that it had to be real. Yep. Nope. That was from my poor brain. Nailed it. No, gotcha. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Like it it's was a bad joke. It was so bad that like you wouldn't have thought of something that dumb. It had to be from yep. the onion. Nope, did it. Thought of something that dumb. Good for I you. I like Suicide Squad. Welcome. <laughs> Angry and Lantern. <laughs> have, you learned, have you learned nothing? <laughs> Brian, how about you give us some super stuff? All right. But first, this is an actual IMDb trivia fact. Can't wait. Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, stars in the DC television show Gotham. Uh, great. Um, the more you know. This is an actual IMDb <laughs> trivia fact. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know, do do with that knowledge what you want. Nothing? Who cool. knows? Go with nothing. Nothing. That was nothing a, that all. show had another version of the Joker that was actually really well done, though. It was uh, it a better version. Like, that's for sure. Guy from Shameless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Story and motivation. Mike, how about you leave this one off? I want to say 0.5, but I feel like that's too high. I'll say 0.5 and say it's it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I, it has a story. It's, I mean, whatever it may be. I think the motivations are a little fucked, but I think the 0.5 for the story alone is actually pretty good. Yeah. It loses its ass in the in the third act, though. Right. It really does. I'm willing to go 0.25 to settle on this thing. Okay. For the most part, because it, it really loses touch of whatever it wants to do yeah it's uh it's like they got five weeks into writing the script and went oh shit we have a week left that's right (laughs) or they started writing it with a week left who knows yeah this is where it's going to get complicated heroes all right so the bad guys are the heroes right right yeah we're going with yeah i would imagine they do save the day they do come together yes but how well i mean that final scene is is all about 
them working together. You have Harley Quinn who who does the 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 trickery. She uses Katana's blade. Croc throws the the bomb. Deadshot finishes it off, and right and Diablo, Diablo sacrifices himself. himself. It sounds like a one. They're also the entire time scheming on how they can get out of there because it, it's part of their characters. It makes sense. I would argue for a point seven five just because you have people like Captain Boomerang and whatever the fucking guy was that his head blew up oh, that yeah, don't get fleshed not. out. Yeah, That's they don't true. get fleshed out. For what out. it's worth, I was hoping to get a point five, and I'll gladly settle for a point seven five. Yeah, let's let's go with a point seven five. I like it. We are already leaps and bounds over Fantastic <laughs> villains. <laughs> I don't care for Enchantress all that much. Enchantress is is weak. Uh, Incubus is weaker, and Amanda Waller is badass. Uh, sh- She's the ultimate wild card in this thing, and I do consider her a bit of a villain. Yeah, uh, I'll go point five at best. I think I think that's best. the absolute highest we could go. Yeah, I was gonna argue for a zero, just because Amanda Waller balances out Enchantress and Incubus. Like I'm willing to go point two five. For all around then, because I think you're right. Okay, point two five. Teamwork. They did it. You just said they all worked together at the end to save the day. Damn it. Eating my own words. One. Uh, I don't know, though, because they're part of Amanda Waller's team. They're part of her idea, not so much her team. It's it's Colonel Flagg's team. Uh, well, no, because she's the one controlling him. Uh, to a point. He doesn't, re- well, not really, because he smashes his phone in the bar. So he's on his own, and he's... On the level with these other villains. But do they lose any points because they lost a member and they had a team member? No, that... because that member they barely had. Well, what about Enchantress, though? Because she went rogue and went against them. So they... She was one of the original members of the team. She was, but she turned rogue right away and became the villain within the first 15. You know, it's like the first 40 minutes of this movie because the whole intro was a half hour. Yeah. I don't think that means anything. That's just good storytelling, if anything. Of you don't have a villain, and then suddenly you have a turn from what's supposed to be your hero. I think it's actually pretty good. So a one. <laughs> I'm okay with a one. I said it. I, I love I it. I know you're okay with a one. I'm I'm struggling with a one because you do have. If you can fight it, then I'll give you something less. But if you can't fight it, uh, I don't tell I you. I feel like we do this from the gut. You know that when teamwork relies on one of your team members killing himself, it's a bit tough. That's heroic, if anything. Yeah. Then hero should go up. It, well, hero's already higher than it should be. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I think teamwork. Yes, he gave, he sacrificed himself for the team. Shit, back myself into that corner. Say it. Say it. But you still You're have in the corner now. Now I'm gonna pop the bomb on All you because right. that's how this. But movie I got. Works. I have one more. I have one more word. Boomerang. Point seven five. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Female characters. 1.5. All right, you're... That's from the gut. That's from the gut. I threw it out there right away. All right. This movie is built on female characters. I hear your gut. They outpace the the men. By a lot. For sure. By about 1.5. I mean, you have Waller. You have Quinn. You have Katana, I guess, kind of. You have Enchantress. You have Enchantress. She's the big bad, I guess. Kind of henchy, but, well... Also not. Sort of, but not really. Right, because she overtakes Waller. So, yeah, you have some pretty strong females here. You have a lot of strong females. I'm going to, I'm sticking with the 1.5. I thought about going two, and I thought that would be ridiculous. I feel like a 1.5 is still high, but. All right, I'll go two then to make it even tougher. That's two. That's silly of you, because um, I'm sticking with one. 
Well, now if we meet in the middle, it's one five. Well, I mean, who says we need to meet in the middle? I'm the one with the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I would say at least a one point two five because you get Harley Quinn's backstory in this movie, and the the fact that we rarely do a one point two five, we round up yeah, to one five. But her backstory is that she was in love with Joker, and that's not really what you consider a strong backstory for a female character. Extended cut for the win, one five. What does the extended cut have anything to do with that? It does. How Harley openly says, if you want to go with the backstory, how he's afraid of a heart, but not so much a gun to his head. Right. But her, I in- think that it fleshes out the character a whole lot more because then she's not Harley Quinn. She's still Harleen Quinlan or whatever the fuck she is. Harleen I think that this fleshes out a hell of a lot. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go still 1.5 and call it a day. I, I'm going to reluctantly write down 1.5. A dirty 1.5. Very dirty. <laughs> Very dirty. I feel like I was forced into it. Well, sorry. It sounds like David Ayer up against the deadline. Setting. I don't know where you are. Yeah, it's we're in Michigan. We're in apparently, what city? What city is this? Midway City. Midway. That's nothing. Yeah, that's it's in the comics, but it's I don't know where it is. I'm gonna go zero. And it looks like every other city in every other movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Zero. 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 Style and tone. One. Mm. Mm. If you I... were only judging the first half of the movie, careful with what you say next. I th- because by saying that, you're backing yourself into a point five. I want you to be aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I think this movie established a great style and tone in their graphics and the baseball card-esque scenes and with their advertising, but it did not carry through the movie at all. I feel like that's more of a false marketing thing, of a thing to get your asses in the seats in the theaters than it is anything. But then they use like the same graphics in the in the movie with like they had all the different skull graphics and they used the the fun typography and then they just dropped it immediately as soon as like the real meat of the story started and then it just turned into oh it's it's dark it's a DC movie you know so you're saying it's a gimmick yeah you're saying the whole style and tone of this thing is a gimmick until you get to the credits and they bring it back. <laughs> There you go. Book ending it. It's in the credits, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go, if you want, I'll go 0.5. I could settle for that. Because it sounds like you want to go zero, and I think this thing actually has quite a bit of style. Explain yourself. You have all these different characters, Guardians of the Galaxy style. If I don't put it in Marvel terms, you don't understand, apparently. (laughs) Coming together. (laughs) And they all have their own unique characteristics, if you will. You have Harley Quinn, who's this bright, bubbly, sarcastic, bored, crazed, wild card. Mm -hmm. But then you also have your more reserved Deadshot, who understands, like, these are the principles I live by. And character-wise, this is kind of the balance set up. You said there's only two characters in this movie for the most part. But when you look at the greater style of it, when you mix those two things together, Deadshot clearly is the leader. Harley Quinn clearly is the comic relief. You have to blend them at some point mm-hmm. because you do understand that David Iyer did bring this movie back in for reshoots in order to lighten it up. Yeah. And you know that meant Harley Quinn. Right. Add in more Harley. So I think that when you mix those tones together, I'll give you a solid point five of the, this is business, this is fun. And that's what a villain should be. Mm, but then, But then you have... A villain that doesn't know what she wants to be. In fact, she mixes her tone all on her own. She just becomes, I'm 6,000 years old. 
I look great for 6,000 years old. I'm going to build a machine, Burt Kreischer style, and not explain it. Shirts off. He over-explains it. <laughs> and go, movie, go. And we're just going to throw it in gritty, dark, midway city. And uh, Right. Point five. Nailed it. Music. <laughs> this <laughs> this right. is going to be my... <laughs> that's where I hit a one. I mean, the song, like, uh, the, the problem is... Where they place the songs, but right, the which songs is a, a big part of themselves are huge. I agree with you. It's like they spent money to get a Will Smith and then didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm okay going with a one because no, yeah, no, we got the we got the rights somehow. Sure. What are we gonna do with the rights? I can't believe we got them either. What are we gonna do with them? I don't, I don't know. know. Just fucking throw Slap it. Slap them somewhere in the movie. I literally don't care where. That's right. Not this should have affected our style and tone that we're not going to go back to, but it didn't. So we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention you, you have you have Stephen Price who did the the score, which uh, I don't remember anything from, Mm-mm. and he's an Academy Award winner for score. He did yep. Gravity. He sure did. And I don't remember anything he did in this movie. I can't, but I can't tell soundtrack. you how many times I turned on the radio and heard that title track, though, as this movie was being promoted. Uh, right. The they title track still Suicide Squad. overplay Heathens, and it's uh, probably uh, 21 Pilots. Is that who sings it, 21 Pilots? Why not? I think it's their worst song. I feel like you saying <laughs> that is just, <laughs> it's just acknowledging that they exist, and that's a problem. I just... I don't know. I feel like the music in this was half-assed. I cannot take away from you that the music is good. They chose good music. They got the rights to good music, but they just didn't know how to use it. I completely agree. At the same time, who was the composer behind Gardens of the Galaxy? Shit. <laughs> yeah, shit's the right answer. But, I, but Michael, what do you want to give this, bud? No, 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 no. That doesn't count because I can't tell you the I'm composer. I'm going to say it does No, count. because I'm not talking about the composer of the movie. I'm talking about the soundtrack You did bring you. up the composer I, of the movie where you sure, couldn't remember anything about sure, it. Sure, I did. But also, Guardians mixed the music well with the movie in a way that made they sense. They completely and- did. Not the argument here. I have to defend this fucking movie. I'm you a little don't, person in the world don't have will to do it. Because it's a bad movie. <laughs> You're wrong, first of all. Secondly, Michael, what'd you say? I was just going to say, I'll settle for a point seven five. Guest, he's the guest. I'll take it. All right, point five. It's it higher is. than it should be. I'll take it. Point five. Point seven five. He's the guest. Point he's five. the guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Point five. Seven. Five point seven five is what Micah said. I want to repeat it one more time. Point seven five. Zoolander. You heard the man. It's got a. Im- it's got a, slim this shady. Is not in a it. Zoolander argument. I use the Zoolander argument in Ant Man for reasons that made sense to that. Zoolander movie. had music music in it, and it was used well to the plot. And this wasn't, but he's our guest. You're not allowed to question the Zoolander that. defense. Not allowed to. It's against the law. We know that. But Mike is our guest. Beauty and the Beast defense. That means I get two Zoolanders in the future. 0.75. If we go 0.75 strictly for the Slim Shady song, I will send you a picture of my bleach blonde hair from Slim Shady Air. Oh, I love it. he brought up Slim Shady. Can I lower it to a 0.5 now? Why was that song nope. even in this movie? You're too late. You wrote it down. Already. I did not write it down yet. No, you did. And also you said, because arbitrary rules. You get two Zoolanders right now. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently you can question a non-questionable. 0.75! Here we go, next. All right, one-liners. Zero. Zero. Probably, probably zero. a solid zero, I'd say. 
like a really bedrock solid yeah. zero. And finally, impact on the genre. It got a reboot because it was almost good. It got a reboot because it was so bad. They were like, let's bring in the guy we wanted to do the first one. The movie that we tried to bite the first time. David Iyer got fucked. Let's face it. Oh, absolutely it. he did. He, he was up against an impossible task. He was, but also let's not forget that this motherfucker made money. It made a ton of money. It had a joker in it. And then it... it Dropped off the face of the earth a week later because reviews started coming out because <laughs> trolls started leaving their bridges, and there you go. But yeah, it made three quarters of a billy. It also got a Harley Quinn spinoff. It sure did. Yep, there's no denying she's a good character, and I'm gonna go point five max. I'm okay with that. I think that's that's a good score for this. I th- a safe spot. I think it made that much impact for sure. I think you have to give it at least that because with this reboot sequel thing that they're doing they're not recasting all the roles so they're they're still tying it in on some level that's true they're still gonna have shit bird boomerang and amanda waller so (laughs) he's so shitty he's so (laughs) which is great because he's meant to be it means it's well acted so i agree good for jai raise but no that's not jai uh good for him i guess you know he made up for that awful diehard movie Fair enough. Suicide Squad gets a total score of 5.25. Some would say too high, Some, and I would I, agree. <laughs> but, you know, still, I tried to fight to bring it down to where it belonged, but... Fight better. <laughs> I think that's that's fair. That's middle ground. I mean, it's a movie, if, if it's on TV and, you know, there's nothing else on on a Monday, you can watch it. Tyler Bates, by the way. Is Guardians? Yeah. He's very good. Extremely good. Brian... What are we talking about next week? Well, we have nothing on the schedule, so we are forced to invoke the spirit of Roger Ebert. So get out that Ouija board. And put your hand on the jaw that fell off of Roger himself (laughs) and move it around the board to tell us what we're going to pick. All right. Oh, it's a low number. It's an older movie. Brian is going through the random number generator and he's correlating it to the list that we have. Next week, we will be talking about the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. This is what I've been waiting for for a long time. I've only heard rumors of this movie. <laughs> Kevin Smith is a massive fan of this movie to the point that he tried to get a television series launched multiple times for this. Oh, wow. Okay. I am so excited for this one. I'm pretty hyped for it now based on how hype you are. Wow, I'm excited. 1984, directed by W.D. Richter. Of course, W.D. Richter. Andy Richter's dad. Famous director, W.D. Richter. Maybe maybe it's Richter. Probably Richter. Who knows? So that's what we're talking about. This is exciting. Buckaroo Banzai. Finally happening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Throw us one of those nice five-star ratings if you're so inclined. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. We're also on Patreon where we're doing non-super movies and comic book reviews with our pull list episodes and... Batmanimation, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, it's either out now or coming soon, depending on how long it takes me to edit that thing. Yep. Who knows? De- all <laughs> dependent on timing. Right. If you have any questions, comments, or stories, you can email them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. We actually have an email. Who's it from? It's from the Ginger Skull. Who else? We don't have time. We have a time limit, and we don't have time ever for him, because it takes too damn long. He says... Aloha, Cape Podcasters. It is I, the Ginger Skull. Nope. 
I just want to fucking suicide squad myself right now. I listened to the podcast you recently recorded regarding the Fantastic Four, which was very well done, except for the alarming lack of Ginger Skull, of course. <laughs> of course. You can only imagine my excitement when I heard you received a question from Mr. Michael P.S. Warren regarding the Demolition Man, which was also very well done, particularly <laughs> due to its lack of alarming lack of Ginger Skull. <laughs> of course. Nevertheless. Even though Michael mentioned Ginger Skull in his original email. Yeah, so of course he had to chime in. Nevertheless, I'm afraid you misled Mr. Warren with your smutty, filthy, disgusting, and tantalizing response to his question. So once again, the Ginger Skull- porn connoisseur, the Ginger Skull. So once again, the Ginger Skull will have to ruin a savior the day. To answer Mr. Warren's question appropriately, the fact of the matter is Sky Stallone is a gentleman. As such, he finished like a gentleman would in one of the three seashells. I hope this clears things up. Despicable yours, the Ginger Skull. P.S. Cover Suburban Commando again, you cowards. God damn it. All right. All right. We got to stop having him on. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> uh, power trip much? Yeah, a little bit. So that's what we got. If you have any questions or comments like the Ginger Skull, send them to katepodcasters.gmail.com. Micah, thanks for joining us. I'm sorry that for an audio medium, you dressed up like Harley Quinn, and we just didn't get to show you. We just don't have that <laughs> capability here. Your ass looks great. Dumb and Dumber style, you must work out. I think you could have gone shorter on the shorts, personally. You're also not wrong. Blow bubble gum and have your baseball bat over your shoulder and spank bank all day. Done. Bam. I guess we're going to see you next week for Buckaroo Banzai. Same pod time? Same pod. Boon. So, Brian, that is Suicide Squad. What do you think happens post-credits? I think from the ashes of the fight against Enchantress, a stream of uh, of dust starts to rise, and it flies out of mid-city, whatever the fuck it's called, sure. and, uh, <laughs> and goes back to the cave where whence it came, and it comes across two other totems, but they're labeled. Deftones and Hoobastank. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Micah, what do you think happens? So we're gonna to uh we're gonna roll right into this uh this reboot sequel and, and just show kind of a, a teaser scene for it. Everyone is gathered around the bar and we're we're back having drinks. And out of the corner of her eye, uh, Harley sees uh, a cup raise up into the air, and the liquid slowly disappears, and the cup goes back down. She kind of points it out to everybody else. They all turn around, and they watch it happen again. Cup goes up, cup goes down. They all pull their guns, and they're like, who the fuck is this? And then John Cena shows up, and he's like, what? (laughs) You hadn't seen me here the whole time? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I couldn't see him. I just couldn't see him. That was good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dave, how do you think this ends? I, I I think the post-credits are any scene where Jared Leto's in. They went back and they kind of redid it George Lucas Star Wars style, where they removed Jared Leto from everything. 
and just put the headstone of Heath Ledger. <laughs> Not saying anything at all. Just being a headstone. Just a stone that says, I died really fucking young, but I was a really good joker. <laughs> and 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 Margot Robbie stacked against that. And it's just, they just flash that shot of the headstone every single time. <laughs> Margot Robbie's like, I know, I know, Mr. J. <laughs> Better movie. Ha 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 ha!